0: Pacificmedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast, with hosts Christiana Ellis, Jute Schubert, Vivid Muse, and Nookchus. Welcome, everyone, to Season 7 of on the Wall. Tonight, we're discussing Episode 5 of Game of Thrones, titled Eastwatch, with no spoilers past the currently aired episode. And that's currently aired episodes, not currently leaked episodes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no leak talk.
0: <laughs> and tonight, we have uh, the whole gang with us. We've got Viv back, who's been on the road, been out. How you doing, babe?
1: Good. So much to talk about, and I've missed talking about it with you guys. It's the longest stretch yeah. I've gone without being able to. It's just like, oh. <laughs>
2: We're glad to have you back for sure. Thanks.
0: <laughs> I'm with uh, news bits overall, um, actually, I don't think I really had anything. the The next episode was leaked. It was not related to the hacks or anything. It was an accident on the part of an affiliate. In another country, they accidentally put it on their on-demand for an hour. Of course, that's all it took. Which
3: is, yeah, that's forever (laughs) all it takes. That happened last season or two seasons Mm -hmm. ago, where accidentally the first four were released, Mm -hmm. and it was something similar to that. And yeah,
2: yeah, you know, it's it's I I don't know, but I can't. At a certain point, it starts feeling a little bit like. People sure, well, I don't know. I was going to say it's suspicious because people are spending a lot. Is is it really like secret publicity? But then again, I'm saying like there's not a shortage of people who want to watch the show already. So (laughs) I
3: I think the first four, we could, when they, they, there were accidentally four episodes out there. I think we could argue that that could have been uh, false. Uh, you know a false leak kind of a thing drumming up people talking about it whereas i think this one especially after the previous leak it's harder to believe that that's Mm -hmm. faked by them but eh, who knows but i don't know why they keep getting
2: hacked their twitter got hacked just last night
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh man
2: yeah
1: this is the first season that i have been like Clicking on all of the links and reading all of the blogs and and all the speculation and all this stuff, except for now that, you know, well, I think last week there was something that was leaked also, a script or something. And then the episode that we're just talking about that was, that's already out. And it just, it makes it hard because you know that people have seen it and they're speculating wildly stuff that they've already seen happen in the next episode. And so it's just really hard to avoid. And so now like I decided I'm just reading anything and everything that I want to read. Spoil me, spoil me, spoil me. And it's just like, but don't show me the actual show, you know, give me your speculation, (laughs) but don't tell me so-and-so was you know shown on the casting list on accident. It's like, don't tell me that shit.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, like, uh, you know, it's interesting, though, depending on how much you pay attention to that stuff. Because, for example, in this episode, we uh, had the long-awaited return of a certain character. Um, ah! that, that I guess people who really do pay close attention to the names in the credits would have seen that actor's name in the credits. Exactly. And so, which actually just drives home to me that, like, there, w- there's no value. In paying close attention to those names. Yeah. All it can possibly do is ruin something for you.
3: Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I stopped paying attention to those names a couple seasons ago for that kind of a reason.
1: I just haven't ever wanted to spoil myself with, like, speculation and all this stuff because I didn't want to, you know, I still want to read, you know, all of the books and experience them myself. And separately from from the TV show slash film, the experience that we're getting but um, now it's just like I, I've read two things that are probably going to happen, and it's just really disappointing to know that I know something that's definitely going to happen as opposed to what we've become accustomed to with the show, which is, well, this is what happened in the books, but, eh, you know, they're going to do what yeah. they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Oh.
0: I think this is also the first season, or at least it's become more prevalent this season, I've seen leaks in news headlines. Like, yeah. we're not going to leak, but – can you believe that about Jen Gendry? Yeah, <laughs> like, you just mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, it, happens, uh, I mean, bro.
2: that's just a side effect of of something becoming as popular as this show is. There's so many people talking about it that you start getting the less scrupulous uh, amongst the various people writing about it. That they um, they're trying to get you to read their article and not someone else's article, and so they make the headline you know, yeah, extreme. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not good, but I, I don't think, I think it's unavoidable. Mm
3: -hmm. I, uh, I don't watch normally on the day of the episode. Mm -hmm. And, um, lately I just, I can't really look at Twitter or Tumblr or even Facebook newsfeed. Not that I look at that too much. Um, I, I just can't really read anything until, I watch the show because people just talk, talk, talk. And oh my god! And and it's like, okay, so I don't, I don't know, and I don't know. It, it's some people can argue and say, "Well, it's your fault. You have access to it. Why aren't you watching it?" Well, I also have my life, and I I, I enjoy uh, watching uh, on my own time. Yeah.
2: See, <laughs> that's like I feel like that argument stands for. Like, the minimum window before you can start saying yeah. that is a week, in my opinion. Mm. Because, like, it's one thing to say, okay, well, if you can't watch the episode in a whole week, then it raises the question of, like, well, how hard are you actually trying? Yeah. But the, from one day to the next, though, yeah. that's, It'll like, there's lots of people nights
3: it'll be Sunday night and people Mm -hmm. are putting gifts out there and all that nonsense. And it's, it's fine. I understand your passion. That's why I have groups that I talk about the spoilers in. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I want to be in that
2: group. I want to join it now. People want (laughs) to live tweet it and stuff like that. And that's Mm -hmm. honestly, I think maybe that's maybe something that I feel like would be a useful feature for Twitter to implement is kind of like, If you want to do a live tweet or something you you can put some little flag
3: um on your your tweet so
2: that uh, you you can people can opt in
3: yeah like you enter live tweet mode and then exit live tweet mode so that when you're live tweeting if somebody's subscribed to notifications they're not getting a notification every minute and people that don't want to see it don't have to watch it but people who want to see people live tweet can Mm -hmm. totally jump in and watch.
2: Right, like instead of seeing just the tweet show up in your your list, what you might see is, so-and-so is live tweeting this show. Mm -hmm. And then you can like click Mm -hmm. the link to say, do you wanna see that or not?
0: Or sporting events. Anyway, yep.
2: (laughs) The perils (laughs) of media consumption on the internet. (laughs) Yeah, it is.
0: Anybody have any of their news bits? Mm
1: -hmm. Nothing new on George's blog. Or his <laughs> not a blog.
0: Not a blog. <laughs> cool. And we will jump into Eastwatch, which was on the map. There's a little Eastwatch. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I was actually a little, I, you know, I mean, they named the episode Eastwatch, and then they put it in the credits, and there was surprisingly little Eastwatch in this episode. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: <laughs> so um, one thing that came up is, you know, no ghost and i did uh this is kind of newsy i i did find out that they wrote a ghost scene and they filmed a ghost scene last episode or two episodes ago uh before john left and uh yeah it didn't make it to the show
1: that was the nymeria episode i think i read the same thing yeah Yeah.
3: they filmed it and well i guess they went with one (laughs) one one direwolf scene Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: And Sansa makes mention of it as, you know, sitting here like Ghost. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, it's probably because Ghost will show up again eventually for something, and so they have to leave little breadcrumbs here and there to remind us, oh, yeah, there's a thing called Ghost that (laughs) might have (laughs) thought relevance again someday.
0: Just might. Um, So let's jump uh, into the episode. This one seemed pretty... uh,
1: Ooh, you guys... I just just got his name on another level. Like, John's a ghost, because he's, like, (laughs) resurrected.
4: Yeah. That
1: was a spoiler from the first book, (laughs) 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 y'all. Sorry, never mind.
0: I had heard a recent, I guess, not fan theory, but I guess fan catch of an Easter
4: egg
0: um, from the very first episode when they find the dire wolf pups. They say, you know... Five pubs for five Starks. Mm-hmm. John's mm-hmm. left out and then he gets a white one, and Targaryen's all of white hair. And- yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, and
2: uh, I-, I think a lot of people theorized um, when John was killed, before we knew how he was going to come back, um, people speculated that maybe his spirit would go into Ghost or something like right. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um- in.
3: yeah yeah. Yeah. book readers especially because there's breadcrumbs for that Mm -hmm. that if you warg into something before you die Mm -hmm. you can continue living in whatever you warged into well and they cover
2: Mm -hmm. that even a little bit in the show with Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the you know the you know the eagle, or yeah. actually, did they even handle? I don't even remember. It how was we that talked that.
0: about it, yeah. Yeah, oral.
2: <laughs>
1: after his bird got killed, he just it all we all I think that we got from it was that the bird just attacked John and just hated him. Yeah, you know, was that the care oral's soul in him, or was the bird just pissed off because he knew that his counterpart would have been killed? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So in the show, we jumps uh, open up basically where the last one left off. Jamie and Braun are alive, too. I don't think anybody And apparently,
2: like, a mile away with yeah. nobody noticing that they're escaping. I. Jamie oh, yeah. Thronies, but come on. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely set it up like they're f- taking their first gasp of air, like they've just surfaced, and they're mm-hmm. nowhere near the battle. I'm- and no one thought to look for Jamie Lannister. Tyrion yeah. saw him go into the water. Yeah. And they, whoa, whoa, I, I guess he's just gone. And then, and then Tyrion oh, well. does, knows he's alive later, apparently. So yeah. I don't know. That was some. <laughs> that was some real shenanigans. Well, you I'm reminded.
3: T- sorry, <laughs> I'm reminded of misery when uh annie starts ranting about the cliffhanger and that's not what happened and you you gotta fix the writing and that's exactly what i'm feeling there and i'm sure like you know Tyrion's walking around the battlefield oh i don't see my brother dead so he must be a lot. come on game of Thrones, whatever but uh yeah. well Bronn i
0: absolutely should have died
3: i think but i think
1: that watching I, was it that same I don't know if it's the next scene, but when Tyrion is walking through, I guess Mm -hmm. it's later. So we'll talk about it then. But I think that's one of the things he's doing. I think that's one of the reasons he's so morose. It's not just because these were his family's troops and stuff. Mm -hmm. It was because where's my brother and all these people Mm -hmm. have been turned to dust and you can't identify anybody. Mm -hmm. Well,
2: and and like all that makes sense. But then later, he just jumps immediately to, oh, we got to make this plan where I'm going to, you know, let my sister know and I'm going to have to talk to my brother. And it's like he just he knows that obviously Jamie is not only alive, but back in King's Landing in order to be met with.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, no. I'm we'll sure talk, we'll get there.
0: saw him walk in or something. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. Where are we at?
0: But I mean, Jamie It
2: was a <laughs> good conversation. <laughs> oh, between yeah. Between those two. Yeah. yeah. We could say it was a river with a strong current. Right. And it sure. carried them that far away.
3: Yeah. With all that armor and all that Awkward steel. Jets, current was being pushed by plutonium. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Total suspense, disp- suspension of disbelief, I guess is what it's called. Just Mike here. McCauley in
3: the chat says, I had an issue with that. The smoke was what? A mile away and all that armor. <laughs> come on. And yeah. then he spits out about a cup of water.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. All his armor and his gold hand.
3: Yeah. Like
0: literally it had no effect other than they got yeah. wet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: There were no consequences. Yeah. And then, so, but oh. then
1: Bron keeps his pimp and strong by reminding the cunt that he's not going to get <laughs> to die until he gets what he's owed, but somehow he's yeah. going to be able to skip the, dra- the dragon part. Oh, I'm not going to stick around for the dragons, but you well, want a castle?
2: Yeah, well, and then all it. there's, there's all that talk. And then of course, later we find out, Nope, he's just, he still went back to King's Landing with Jamie and he's yeah. still helping out and doing all sorts of, sh- you know, other stuff. So. Yeah. yeah so whatever.
1: I can expect, <laughs> you can expect him to cut and run, I guess, as soon as they yeah. hit like mm-hmm. start heading towards him again. I can't see him wanting to do that again now, but he knows that firsthand that the great weapon that they have was nothing. I mean, it stopped yeah. everything, but just mm. for a second, <laughs>
2: It was oh. certainly not enough to count on to win the war. No,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Go figure! A tiny little scorpion for a big dragon. Go figure! <laughs> it
2: didn't really do much. Well, yeah, it's too hard to hit them. It's too uncertain, and it's too vulnerable.
0: Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, Tyrion doing his survey, and then uh, Danny addressing the prisoners: oh Bend or die. Which basically negates everything in the speech up to that point.
1: Right. Well, I'm right. not going to yeah. kill you, but I'm going to kill you <laughs> if you don't do what I say, but I'm not going to kill you unless you don't do what I say, but I'm not a murderer. But can I do, I'm, I'm going to have to stop this for a second, just to point out just like what a stunning scene I could hear nutty squeal all the way from Canada, when they showed Drogon on top of that little mountain thing, and just the wings spread and just it was just so majestic. And it's one of the reasons that I'm just really loving this season and the investment that they're making in it to make the cinematography just like stuff I could have never like, visualized oh, yeah. on my own. It's just amazing.
2: Well, you know, this this episode in particular, but it's part of a pattern for the whole season, Is uh, reminds me of a criticism I read about the Marvel movies, um, which was just observing that from a writing perspective, they're not writing stories, they're writing set pieces and then mm-hmm. coming up with plot contrivance to link one set piece to another. Mm-hmm. To, ex- to an extent, any action movie is going to, work that way just because mm-hmm. it's kind of almost by necessity and a show like this it makes sense that there would be an element of that too because you want to have these big cinematic moments and you have to sort of structure things around those because they're too expensive to change those right but at the same time what you end up with is you get these set piece moments where everything's really cool and it's clicks and you know as an isolated scene everything's great mm. But then you really have to, you know, you start to really see the seams in between those. And so I loved the, like, the visual of, you know, all the people standing down with, you know, Drogon silhouetted up uh, against the sky. Oh, it's great. And even the scene is, you know, I we'll, we'll talk in a minute about what where that's all going. But, yeah. uh, like, the scene works. But it's, again, it just comes down to, like... It, you know what, we were just talking about with Jamie is like, well, they didn't want Jamie to be captured yet. So they just said, oh, uh, yeah, he falls in the water and then he comes out like somewhere else. We don't care. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. They, didn't they have have just had that. him leave when Braun told him to leave. Hey,
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay, what do I know? Well, uh, I think they're setting up a death wish yeah. for him.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Paulette says, uh, Braun is so obviously invincible. He should have died five times last episode and mm-hmm. now he can breathe underwater. <laughs> and yeah, uh, he's really, really the drowned god
1: yeah. Yeah. oh my god no no
3: and uh viv mike says uh looking good viv uh great to have you back oh
1: thanks mike
0: <laughs> uh, so so yeah it's um danny you've been the near die i mean yeah. even the slaves were offered their freedom though these are right. soldiers. traders see but-
2: this yeah, this is what uh, you know, kind of what we've been talking about with this season, where it seems like they have Danny going, and this is just kind of the emblem of that. Is that you know, last week Missandei was all about, oh yeah, she's the queen we chose, and if I wanted to leave, I she would just give give me a ship and say you know good fortune, and uh, and uh, but she's not acting like that anymore. Yeah. She is not. She for all she says. Like, I'm not here to murder. I'm here to break the wheel. That first of all, it's a phrase that we haven't really heard used in the, it. Like it feels like the metaphor is a bit strange without having all the supporting material leading up to it. But mm-hmm. anyway, it's one thing to say that, but her actions don't bear that out, and I think that that's deliberate. Yeah, but it's not exactly like a fun direction to take her story in and i'm not really sure where they're going with that because it's kind of they're sending her down a dark path and making sure that we understand that's what's happening
1: well i'm i guess one aspect to consider is the fact that she does not have Masende and she does not have gray worm and she only had you know our friend for a minute before he headed off with john but um I think it's like she's forgetting – it's almost like um, in – so the episode where Aria's talking to Hot Pie and she's just got that glazed over dead like Like, yeah, uh-huh, it's great mm-hmm. to see you. Uh-huh. Eating, drinking, eating, drinking until, she, until Hot Pie says John's still alive. And that's like when – it's like all of that stuff dropped and Arya was like, Oh my God, my family's still alive. And like, that's, and then seeing people and seeing the people that she loved and all of that has brought her back and brought her towards humanity again and away from what she was with the uh, faceless. Yeah. The faceless men, right. The faceless God, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and so I think that I think that Danny's having the kind of opposite effect maybe because she doesn't really have anybody that she feels like close with Tyrion, you know. She I think the week before last she snapped at him, accusing him of wanting his family to win instead of her. So, I mean, it just seems like she's losing that touch with uh, the things mm-hmm. that started her out with spring slaves and delayed her whole trip to Westeros. Yeah. Um, four seasons three seasons ago
2: well yeah i mean what it just comes down to is that we you know the whole clever plan was to try to find a way to not have to use the foreign armies because if you use because here's the thing is that you know tarly yeah he's a jerk we you know we don't like him that's fine um i don't think we're really sad to see him die exactly um, but at the same time, you know, without saying that he's in the right, what he says is true. Mm-hmm. She is a foreign invader.
0: Mm-hmm. She was Even born in Westeros.
2: Well, worse. no, I mean she was
1: born <laughs> and, physically and, and in and Westeros, and her, an and, but her family yeah. had been—it's generationally a Westeros yeah. family—and that's my problem. Is it sounds too much like it? it just sounds like what an. I'm not going to get into politics. It sounds no, like no, no. shit. Okay.
2: I mean, you know what, what I mean? Because she, well, okay. but she just no, got my, out
1: for a while so she wouldn't be
2: murdered. I'm not defending that, oh, it's a bad thing that she's from another continent. I'm saying that the whole idea of trying to use Westerosi soldiers was because there's going to be a lot of people who will never accept her as tr- their true queen because from their perspective – this is someone coming from across the sea with a bunch of strangers and and wrecking everything that you've got here. you know. And so I'm not defending the xenophobic worldview so much as accepting that if she intends to rule these people, she needs to be able to deal with that worldview because a lot of people are going to have it. And what she's gotten to now is all her talk about oh i want to free people so bend the knee or die you work for me now or i will kill you on the spot
1: it's another form of slavery they don't have a choice
2: yeah well right i mean it's like what about there's no taking prisoners there's no stripping of them of their arms and sending them on their way i mean like I, i
3: think like that that in danny's head is her distinction is I don't take prisoners because prisoners are like slaves. Um, I don't think that that's a great thing, you know. Oh, I don't take prisoners, <laughs> so I'll kill them. You oh, know, yeah. that, eh, eh. I don't really want to talk too much about this scene because I really didn't like this scene all that much, except for no. the dragon part. I mean, yeah. the dragon part was cool,
1: and um, especially the s'mores part. Yeah, I tested the marshmallows,
3: and and they were building Dickon up to be something, and then they got rid of them So you know. <sighs>
1: that was hard
3: uh but yeah. i i think i agree with uh, paulette in the chat uh and she says to me this whole scene seems like nothing more than a way to make sam the last surviving tarley right yeah well uh, <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, it, it
2: is it make, is that yeah.
3: it would give um if nothing
1: else it would give gilly and little sam a safe place to kind of bunker down while sam goes off to get written about since that's you know since he wants to be a man of adventure now yeah
2: um but i mean i think that it's not just for that i mean obviously yeah. they they're they're using that but i think the the bigger intent of the scene is making it clear that danny is going like the our you know our complaints about her tactics here are how we're supposed to be feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. we're supposed yeah. to be kind of with Tyrion of saying, uh, "What the way you're handling this is kind of not cool, and people are not going to react well to this, and it's not going to have the outcome that you're looking for." How about yeah. you, Chish?
0: No, although I, I imagine there's going to be a uh, like a mass defection from those Lannister troops. A bunch of them are going to disappear, and then she's going to be, "Oh, why don't they love me? Everybody loves me." And, yeah,
3: mm-hmm. I'm trying to break that.
0: Maybe that'll help, you know.
3: <laughs> um, but I, I really don't think that that cho- the the thing that bothers me, and this is as a fan of Danny, is kneel or die is not a choice. Right. You're not yeah. getting supporters, those are not people you can trust. Right. right. Uh, and I also think Drogon should have just eaten them.
0: <laughs>
3: I I really think Drogon deserved a snack.
0: <laughs> he did work pretty hard. Yeah, and took yeah. one for the team.
3: But I I think it's it's
2: an interesting distinction to discuss, though, in the sense of I think some of what we're feeling when we say we don't like the scene, and I kind of tend to agree. We we can. It's a fair question to ask ourselves: Is it that the scene is bad, or is it just that we don't? like the like the the intended effect of the scene is to make us unhappy about the decisions that Danny oh, is
1: making. That's easy. It's an excellent episode. They did it beautifully. Yeah. It was masterfully done. I hate this aspect of Danny. Mm, so that's easy for me. What about you, Toots?
0: Yeah. No, yeah, I'm cur- critiquing her decisions, not mm-hmm. not the filmmaking or the story. Right, yeah.
3: <laughs> I think it's a little of column A, a little of column B. Um I just feel like I just feel like we spent a lot of time there. Mm. Um, But but if that's where she's
1: at, that's really, we really needed to know that. And it was a really big thing for the Charlie house to be just obliterated except for Sam. And his his mom is still alive.
0: How hard Tyrion Mm. tried. Yeah, it's really messing with him. There was really nothing else he could do.
4: Mm -hmm. Uh Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, what's next? Uh King's Landing uh, with, uh Jamie and Cersei. He yeah. uh speedwalks and uh <laughs> tells her they can't win. <laughs> oh, and uh Tyrion didn't kill Joffrey. And <clears throat> I've seen a few complaints from people saying, you know, Cersei never would have believed in, but I think I think this scene played really well, you know. Yeah, the, yeah, the I was the way he was try. persistent yeah. and hey, think it through, you know i think she totally believed him
1: yeah i I think it was very persuasive when you just i mean just the one sentence would you rather have your grandchild married to joffrey or tom and boom cersei knows what joffrey was so that i think is all she needed to hear like to actually hear it from jamie
0: her only redeeming quality has ever been the love for her children
3: (sighs) yeah
0: (laughs) and so Um, when you put her in the mother's mindset who would you have rather yeah yeah, exactly
3: I have mm-hmm. been saying for the last couple episodes what I thought was going to happen and that Cersei was going to hear it and not care. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that was going to be what pushes Jamie. Yeah. And I think uh, yeah, this went completely against what I was expecting. Yeah. Um she when she realizes that it's Olen- that Olena was the one that did it like the 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 look on her face Uh is so striking and actually moving like it is the first time I'm seeing any real reaction from Cersei in a long time because everything has been so calculated from her and she's known everything and I think that that was actually a pretty big hit yeah Uh twists it around (laughs) and uh, instead of pushing Jamie away like she brings him closer oh that's later well (laughs) I I
2: think I mean, I think that she doesn't care that Tyrion didn't do it. She cares that Elena mm-hmm. was even worse than she thought.
1: That she didn't suffer. Yes. But yeah, that I matters.
2: I think there is <laughs> yeah. zero remorse or even concern <sighs> mm-hmm. that it turns out that Tyrion wasn't guilty. Uh, I don't think that even really, like, she doesn't care. She she doesn't care about that. And I think that if the conversation had continued in that direction, it might've been different, but this is where we, uh, I think discuss her, her little announcement and whether or not that's, is that even real or what's going on there? If mm-hmm. she finishes the conversation with "Don't ever betray me again," yeah.
1: yeah, which is something Danny said to Varys, I think. Wait,
2: no, I guess I guess maybe we're conflating two. Are we yeah, conflating the the conversations? Yeah, definitely getting chocolate our peanut but... butter. Yeah, <laughs> there are very similar scenes though. They both <laughs> open up with she's meeting with Kyburn about something that mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. get to hear.
3: Yeah, and and it's in the same room, and yeah. <clears throat> I thought yeah. it was
2: really
1: interesting how much like Tywin Sir uh, Cersei seemed to be because the first time Jamie walks into the room she's like how many soldiers did we lose not oh you're alive but like literally she was like reminding him I am the boss you are going to answer to me and this is how we're doing it and it it like it didn't even break her until it was the Olenna confession you know that I think you know she did show some emotion there it was just um it was one of my favorite duo of scenes um, since we've already kind of mixed them. Um, and I think that we all want Jamie to love Brienne because she's honorable and she makes him do honorable things as a result of knowing her. But um, yeah, he's he, he, likes, he likes the bad girls. <laughs> <laughs> he really likes the bad girls.
3: Well, bad.
0: Girl, that
3: girl. <laughs> one in particular. That's
1: true. It is just the one, the one creepy one that's been there since.
4: Yeah.
2: Well, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because I wouldn't, there's the show that Game of Thrones used to be, and there's the show that it is now. I mean, I think we can kind of agree there that the, the show is, has become something much more fan servicey and conventional. Mm -hmm. I think in the last few seasons, which is not an unambiguously bad thing. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily saying that as a complaint so much as an observation that it produces different. Yeah. It's, it's, it's shooting for different things. Um, And I feel like the show as it was before, I would say, I'm not sure there's any reasonable explanation for how Jamie would ever even see Brienne again. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the show as it is now. How can they not?
1: Right, it'll happen. Right?
2: Like they will find a way.
4: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
2: probably. I feel like the last scene of the of the uh, series is just going to literally. Let's put every single character all in one big room.
1: It, it's going <laughs> to be like a lost finale, right?
2: Yeah, all meet at a church.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody hang out. It's
1: awesome. We're all friends now. High five.
0: Arm, or shoulder to shoulder at the wall. Writing
4: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. together.
0: <laughs> so it's over to Dragonstone. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh,
3: this is my and, favorite scene. <laughs>
0: John's out on his, his brooding cliff and Danny returns and i'm pretty sure i'm convinced drogon got a whiff of some targaryen sweet targaryen blood possibly
3: yeah 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 he's such a cutie (laughs) he's so adorable and and he got all close and i have to add the double-lidded crocodile eye thing did you guys notice that yeah Yeah. it was amazing and so tech (laughs) hasn't been watching this show since um since the torture of uh, theon uh every now and then i bring him in just for dragon stuff as i was watching that i had to call him into the room right away i said you need to see this
4: yeah and, and and the that detail that was team, amazing we still
0: and that it actually did yeah. seem to have a per- more of a personality you know yeah with yeah. this massive thing and just the little feel chirps like l-
3: was expressed
4: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, it's, it it was definitely something that I think was really valuable for the show at this point, which is to show another side of the dragons, uh, how they act and not just have them be the, you know, uh, flamethrowers, but, you know, but also I think, you know, they're, they're definitely trolling the, uh, the, the, the fans at this point, um, which is not to say that they're not actually building up to a for real reveal, but it's at the same time, this has been such a slow burn for this reveal that like, is it even going to be a big deal when they actually announce it for real? Because it's, they've made it so obvious in so many little subtle, you know, side sideways ways.
0: Yeah. Only all the pieces are all scattered. Only we know.
1: Well, yeah, no, the only people that knew directly are dead. Aren't they all dead?
2: Well, I mean, at the same time, you know, I just mean it's n- – actually, no, anyway, although it depends on how they're going to handle it with the show, because wasn't – um what's his name, Reed? Jojen and Mira's father? Um, Howland oh, Reed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Remember when we saw – Bran had flashback. How yeah. Howland Reed was there with Ned when – he went to talk to, uh, you know, to rescue Leanna and all that.
4: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, not to it's mention there's Mirror's apparently records home. of certain sorts of things happening. Yeah. What,
0: yeah. what changed? <clears throat> oh, and so Mira's going home. Mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. I, I had suspected we would probably never hear from her again. And um, I
2: hope <laughs> we see her again.
0: Um, why do they really <laughs> I, need that to put all the pieces together?
2: I just suddenly had the funniest idea, which would be something like, uh, it just never comes up and all sorts of chaos happens in big wars and everything until, the you know, it's it's all finally the big battle is done. The Night King's defeated and everyone's kind of just standing around, just taking in the enormity of the moment. And then Bran just says, oh, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> did you guys know that Jon was actually a Targaryen? <laughs> did I tell you guys yet?
4: I forget what day it is. <laughs>
0: All days or one oh, day. What right. you've been screwing, Danny? Ooh! <laughs> wow. oh,
4: slipped
1: in
3: my mind. So, so Danny does an seem. Su- hmm? <laughs> I said, so that's an ant. Um, right. That's how close you want. Uh,
0: yeah. So Danny does seem uh, surprised and intrigued by Drogon's reaction to Jon.
2: hmm And uh. I feel like that could be just an element of like. When when you're checking out a new prospective suitor or something, it's like, well, does my dog like him?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) The kids too. That's very (laughs) important.
0: First time it's happened.
3: (laughs) So so what now? Ghost has to Um, sniff her. Tyrion.
1: No, Tyrion was allowed. Didn't uh, was it Viserion Uh, that um, Tyrion took the
2: the collar off of? Yeah, Yeah, I I don't remember which one it was, but yeah, they he had a similar moment though, so.
0: That was more quid pro quo, but yeah.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> okay, I feel Flories. like it was, it was a season uh, or a scene where they were making a clear emotional connection between yeah. the dragon and, and yeah. the character.
3: And yeah. which, so by this, the
2: way- uh, this scene echoes that in a real way, I think.
3: Yeah. And by the way, that's exactly how I approach pretty much any animal. They come up to me. I let them come to me. I I let them sniff me and only then do I pet them. And John did everything right there. So if anybody's wondering, how do you pet a dragon? This is how you do it.
1: (laughs) Or a dog that you don't know. Same kind of basic principles. More likely Mm -hmm. to be useful.
0: (laughs) Danny asks John about the knife to the heart. Which mm. she again dismisses, so, oh, you know, colorful language.
2: Uh, yeah. Davos goes, gets carried away or something. And she's got to be thinking, yeah, from all of my conversations with him so far, he really seems <laughs> like a guy who's prone to overstatement and uh, <laughs> exaggeration. Mm, no, not really. Yeah. That guy is right. totally self-effacing and uh, like doesn't want to brag about things like that's
3: <laughs> i it, like how he also doesn't want to lie
4: yeah
2: he's like, you know
3: what i just realized I don't though i want to not say it <laughs> right
1: yeah he doesn't want to lie but he will he'll further that lie yeah. but what i just realized is because in my notes i have that um john looks more and more like like ned stark he's got the hair and he's growing it out all nice and greasy looking and he's always wearing Oh, you guys know the story about the IKEA rugs that the actors have been wearing. The costumer let the, the show costumer let it slip, allegedly, internet allegedly, that they used IKEA rugs and so ikea put out a pattern for how to make your own game of thrones like cape from one of their furry rugs but um but john's always running around in that cape and it's like everybody else is in like regular clothes and he's got on like 16 layers and it almost reminds me of like did you ever see that uh, goths in dark weather okay. hot weather goths in hot weather sorry
0: amazing <laughs> my bug. brain
1: but it's almost like that because he's like always sullen in those big eyes at Danny now and always in like the furs that nobody else is wearing.
0: <laughs>
1: Brooding John likes to brood.
0: Oh man, Jorah returns. Yes. Yeah. Coincidentally,
2: time. yeah, the, just the timing. You know, everyone, everyone's showing up. when you know, Can't sure, be killed, yeah. that
1: guy. That guy just keeps on going. Yeah,
0: and he well, gets the amazing <laughs> hug and all i can hear is totally worth it
1: <laughs> <laughs> worth it all the dagger it's and the scraping
3: worth mm-hmm. it. how how can you get someone to forgive you for trying to kill oh, them God. just go get uh sick and come back <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: worth it. <laughs> well, technically, I I think saying trying to kill her is an overstatement. I, that was kind of never what he did. And I don't mm-hmm. think she even really thought of it that way.
4: He well, definitely lied her. to her. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. There was plotting to murder her, and he was involved. So the fact that he didn't run and tell her, I'd be salty, too.
2: Well, even right. I, years later. I'm not defending what he did. I'm saying that it's a stretch between what he did and trying to kill her.
1: I was oversimplifying, but yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Made a tomato, I'd be
0: salty still. John, here's Mormont. I uh kill or uh served with your father.
2: Yeah. Huh. I'm, you, I'm this going. is your family's sword, but yeah. uh yeah. now yeah. you refused it back when you were being exiled, right? Technically, so it's good. We're cool.
4: Okay. God,
1: I didn't so even think it, of it that. anyway, but, I totally you know. forgot about that. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: That's a wow.
3: Yeah, I keep thinking about it. I, I—that's exactly I what I forgot.
2: I, <laughs> I Well, you know, he might not recognize way. it um, on yeah. you know, when it's sheathed because they reworked the handle, right? Yeah. Did
4: yeah.
2: they? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got the wolf oh, on God, it now, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah so it when it's ready it for battle, yeah, he may be. Huh. Calls uh, too. <laughs>
4: I don't know.
1: It's a dra- it's a white killer, so a white walker killer. So I'd be holding on to. Although they do have truckloads, apparently, or whatever cartloads loads well, of yeah. dragon glass weapons. That's
4: uh,
2: that's one thing that I don't think they really made a point of. But yeah. um, certainly, John coming up from uh, Dragonstone, we I think we we're meant to assume that this little yeah. suicide squad they put together um, all are armed with dragon glass. Yeah. Wait, mm-hmm.
3: which one's Harley? <laughs> oh well uh
2: henry henry's got the hammer right mm, i think it's true. the hound
1: i think the hound is totally harley mm, <laughs> he is snarky mm. he's
4: been through stuff
0: so uh yeah so danny rubs up against jorah's not afraid of him anymore and, and we had he north strong, of the strong she wall. says oh yes <laughs> so strong and virile
3: and there's total like jealousy looks between him and john and i'm already dreading them building that up i know it's,
2: it's a weird place to go since the show seems to be planning to confirm that they are aunt and nephew yeah it. i uh, i mean who you know what it could be that all that stuff is a red herring and they're going to totally mm-hmm. go some other way with it who knows Yeah. But yeah. boy, yeah, it does seem to be a weird thing to have those two tracks seemingly on a collision course.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Tinny and the Hound forever. There we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, we had uh, north of the wall. Brand getting his war gone.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, cool. I like the, uh, hopping from Raven to Raven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was really cool.
2: Let's it was, see it was a neat effect.
0: Thousands of the dead marching on East Watch,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and the night king breaks the connection. Yeah, the spooky eyes.
2: <laughs> you, know, yeah. so you got you know what you failed to anticipate is that I am half scarecrow.
4: <laughs> 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 dun, dun, dun. <laughs>
0: So, uh, so uh, yeah. So instantly, uh, DMs the citadel and everybody. Yeah.
4: Well,
2: there's definitely that moment of like the maester happens to just be, I guess, standing there watching him do this. I guess, Cause, right? Because like he he comes out of it, and the maester is just standing there awkwardly, like, yeah. you you sent yeah. for me. Am I supposed to do something or what? <laughs> and then I I also I don't know if you guys. Noticed this, but I couldn't help but think. Like, he says, We have to send ravens, and I'm like, Didn't you just fly all the ravens <laughs> up the <northern laughs> Wall?
1: Yeah, but he can't talk through them, so he can't. He's got a little message tied to them. I
2: know, but
3: what ravens do you have
2: left if you done. just move them
3: all up there? I guess There's always raven. ravens. I, yeah, I think those, those ravens live there. I don't think <laughs> those are Winterfell ravens,
2: <sighs> but it's not like they made that obvious. No. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, yes, uh, send send out the uh, mass the, uh, tweets
0: <coughs> with the uh, archmeister. And all the all the meisters talking about the message and hmm. yeah. Sam tries to back it up to no avail. It I don't think you know. It's a nice sounding speech, but he really didn't go anywhere. He's using circular logic. Yeah. You know? well, if you tell everybody, it's real. Yeah.
2: Well, I think what he's frustrated with is that the arch told him, he thinks he's telling the truth.
4: Right.
2: Yeah. It's yeah, like you, it's true. the arch basically said, I believe you, but I'm not going to do anything about it. And then
4: yeah.
2: when, what he says to the other maesters is like, yeah, we don't really know what's true. And Sam's like, what? Yeah. You you have yeah. a purely hypothetical speculative alternate suggestion and you're treating that as though it has equaled weight to the stuff that I have personal experience with and you said you believed me about.
0: I forgot about that conversation, yeah.
2: Yeah, you know? so I I mean it's I'm interested cuz I feel like we we've got to be going to see more of the archmaster, right? I mean
4: I hope can't so. Can't really be
2: done with him at this I point. Love I love him. I want him back. <laughs> well, I I like him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like his the the character has kind of been revealed as kind of not particularly helpful. Well, um, I mean, no, not
1: helpful in a way that we want him to be helpful. But I think in their position, their view of the world is whatever happens out there happens. We, we hold these walls strong, we hold this knowledge, we keep everything, you know, the information consolidated.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: so they, he may personally believe Sam, but when acting as the archmaster with that little cap on, he may have a higher preponderance of, of um, evidence and clarification and yeah. such. And I think that that's, I think that's entirely possible, because they don't look at things as what's going on in the world now. They look at it for the eon's long view.
2: I honestly, I mean, like a couple of episodes ago, when we first had him have that whole conversation with Sam, I was kind of on that same page of it It was an interesting perspective for the character to have uh, this idea that, you know, we do things the way we do things and that's what has allowed us to last all of this time. And I think that that's interesting. And I like it from a world building standpoint. um, Even if I think that we kind of as the viewers know that he's wrong in this case
0: yeah
1: well i mean um, we know because we've seen them but i mean <laughs> right but,
0: but the thing maybe sam's maybe sam's act of leaving that brings him around too you yeah know.
2: maybe um the other element though that made me uh withdraw my benefit of the doubt is where Sam leaves the room and they're like, is he the boy that just had his father and brother burned to life? And he's just like, oh yeah, I haven't told him yet. I don't have the heart to tell him. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, you know, and you've been meaning to tell him, but you just
3: haven't gotten around to it?
2: Yeah. That's, no, that's not okay. That's not okay.
3: So Paula says, I still feel like the Archmaester is manipulating Sam by not telling him about his father and brother. Our toast and then shooting down his ideas. Is he pushing Sam into leaving? Uh,
2: why does everybody think he's got some ulterior motive? Everyone I'm, just likes Jim Broadbent and they want right. him to be <laughs> the, the nice guy. Yeah. It makes no, why would he do that? Well, I it's, could it's see like, where- why would Because he would I want him Sam? to, because I like Jim Broadbent. That's
1: why. Yeah, Is yeah, that not enough damage? <laughs> we're talking about dragons and dead people walking around.
2: and yeah. Yeah. what like, I, I want.
1: Work. I want him to do something awesome.
2: Yeah, I would I do too. I would I would like it if the character was, <laughs> was more useful and not apparently the guy who is not going to help. But yeah. it seems like that's what he's been so far. Now, because the show has kind of changed its nature, it may well be that we're just setting him up to for the, you know, redemptive moment where, you know, he's going to finally do something helpful. And then we're supposed to say, Oh yay, at last. Uh, but certainly, and, he hasn't earned it so far.
0: And he oh, no.
3: says, uh, "Doesn't that make Sam the new Lord? Uh, technically, he is yeah. the yeah. only remaining male, yeah. but there are two things working against there. One, he took the black, you, so he can't hold the house. You
2: broke up. You, we didn't oh. get you your.
3: Right. Uh, where did you drop
2: me? What I you said, <clears throat> uh, basically, the way it came across for me is." There are two things working against him. One is...
3: Okay. One is he took the black. Yes. And so he uh, can't have any rights to family or houses or anything like that. And two, uh, in the training to become a maester. Now, that's kind of irrelevant when he left his training. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, also, John has... uh
2: John is the king in the north after having done all that. So yeah, yeah
3: but he died. He served his life sentence. But so you know, knows that. well, but some yeah, people not, know, but yeah, the black knows. <laughs> see,
2: but that's yeah. not. That's more. You know, we've talked about this. That's Gamey Thrones now. The show just doesn't want to deal with that issue, and it's going to ignore it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there well, is that.
0: Um, with Danny mentioning, you know, mm-hmm. it's going it yeah. to cast up again, right? too many Yeah, times. She's asked about it too many times now to not get an answer eventually. Mm-hmm.
3: So, uh, Caitlin says, would I little agree, Sam too. have claim to the Tarly line? They believe the baby is Sam's, but I guess little Sam is seen as a bastard anyway. But if there are no trueborns, a bastard can, and a bastard with permission of um, nobility can also. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, remember- if there are no trueborns, a bastard's definitely going to take it. There was the
2: whole business with um, uh, Bolton, you know, uh, Bruce mm. Bolton legitimizing Ramsey. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that can, that can happen. Yep. Just, you, you need like there's protocols for it. Yeah.
3: And April O'Neil says, is anyone really going to take him uh, to his oath at this point? And that's, that's the thing about the show is in the books, this would be a sticky wicket in the show. It's whatever the writers killed. want in yeah. the
1: show and, and the, and, In the very first episode, I think it was, was it not the first? No, I guess not the first scene, but one of the first scenes we saw in the first episode of the first season was Ned beheading somebody that left the wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He took the lie. He was an oath breaker and you kill them on sight. They broke the oath. You just, you don't think about it. Done. Mm -hmm. And so we know what would happen to Sam. We know what would happen to John if he hadn't been able to squeak out with the King
3: of the North excuse, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But. I, I really believe at this point it's whatever the writers want to happen <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. not,
1: and I not, think not, that they're and I think they're doing a lot of what the fans want though I think they're showing and they did it later in the episode two twice also um they're just they're throwing out fan candy at this point now kind of like braun and Jamie popping up in the river it's like oh shh. Don't think about it too much. Just, you know, just, just
2: go for the ride. Look at the dragon. Ooh,
1: you know, and yeah, it's just, I'm totally willing. I've been waiting too damn long for this story to conclude. So I'm right there in it.
2: Well, the thing is though, that uh, like, even if that was the case, like Sam's not interested in that right now. I mean, yeah. he's leaving something he really wanted, okay. which was to become a maester. Yeah. Agreed. Because he feels like there's higher priority things that have to be dealt with right away. But, but it's a safe place
1: for Gilly and little Sam to park it though. I mean, I think that is something that he doesn't think can happen because at any time his he dad can show He promised that up. he
2: wouldn't leave her. I
1: remember? know. I understand that. But if she changes her mind and decides it's too dangerous to take mm. her toddler <laughs> into, which I would have reservations about personally, but that's just me.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, i am I, it's not to the point where I don't like the show, but I'm getting pretty frustrated at this point with the show. Just basically, like nothing means anything if it interferes with the next plot point that they want to do. Yeah, uh, er, you know, everything is up for grabs. They don't, and they don't really have to. They don't want to put in the work to justify why it confl- You know, why it's okay given that it conflicts <laughs> with something else. The the show is really kind of. It's done it a lot, and it's pushing my benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Okay,
1: Christiana, this is interesting to me because I've always had a problem with not every single movie adaptation of a book that I've Mm -hmm. read or loved or hated or whatever. And you and I were talking one time years ago, at least five Mm -hmm. years ago, and you were – and maybe we were even talking about Game of Thrones. We've talked about so much. I don't even know for sure. But Mm -hmm. you – you finally pounded it into my head, my thick skull that you cannot judge the book and the movie the same because they're two totally mm-hmm. different mediums that require different perspectives and, and things like that. And so I've been yes. really holding on
2: to that. And if you, if you let go of that, I'm, no, I, I'm a hundred percent not letting go of that. I am judging the show on its own merits. I'm not complaining that it's not the same as the books. I'm complaining that the show is not the same as the show. Mm -hmm. The show has established things, and now it's breaking those rules willy-nilly.
1: Well, I mean... And it's always going to happen in a sense. It's kind of like, you know, Lord of the Rings, one of the complaints about the books is the whole time they talked about how they were walking from here to there. So they cut that down for the movies and stuff. So I'm just kind of really clinging to that, Christiana. I don't want to examine. <laughs> oh, no, but what I'm
2: saying is none of no. my complaints have anything to do with the show being different no. from the yeah. book.
0: Yeah. That's no, that not what clear.
2: I'm saying. I know.
0: We've um, got six seasons of.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, essentially of, what's... Of
0: not breaking I, the rules, and then all of a sudden... On, no. Yeah.
2: I saw on Twitter today, it was something... Uh, it was talking about the pacing of Game of Thrones, and basically it was a piece of paper where they were writing Game <laughs> of Thrones in big letters, but then they run out of space for the end of Thrones, so it's all just like scrunched together on the yes. side. And yes. I'm like, yes, and that's, that's exactly that's what's it. happening right now, is Agreed. that the, they have the big set pieces that they want to do, so they are just mushing everything together to make those fit, and, and that's frustrating. And so you know, in past seasons, when we've had characters need to get from one place to another, it would take them five or six episodes to get there, and they'd have adventures along the way, and interesting things would happen, and world building, and characters would get to know each other, and that sort of thing. Now, everyone just shows up like they're teleporting anywhere they need to be at any given moment.
1: So do let me I want I want to hear from uh, you, each of you. I'm know, not hearing you part of the problem here with them condensing all of this these plot points and things that they're you know determined to hit on the way to the last episode, which is four to two how many we got seven, nine,
3: eight or nine episodes, episodes left? Days. So, two more after this in this eight. season, and then, and then what is it, next. eight in the next? Okay. It was
0: six. It was supposed to be or six in the next. Oh, six yeah. in
3: the next. Sorry. Okay. So,
1: we have so eight, eight total. more
4: episodes,
1: and, you know, they're trying to get us to that point. And it seems like, you know, we. I don't know how many shows that we have this much warning, far, this far out warning that they're going to um end, but they're trying to do this in a way that other series when they know that they're ending they condense things and they take a lot of criticism for their last season or whatever because they're well this doesn't make sense and this is out of character Mm -hmm. and this doesn't make sense so i'm wondering how much of that is the showrunners hitting the wall that other shows have hit as they do final seasons so what do you think christiana
2: I yeah, I, I think that that's probably exactly the problem is that satisfying endings of really complex stories are very difficult and especially you've got so many different characters that you want to try to wrap up and then you have the dilemma that this show kind of started and became famous mm-hmm. as something that deliberately subverted genre tropes right. and so now they're in a position of saying well do we stay true to that or do we try to come in for the satisfying, fulfilling landing that is going to go against that subversion, right. but will give people the good feels that they want?
0: And then in the interviews, I just say they subverted the subversion. <laughs> They're working on another level. Uh, they must be. What about you, Nettie?
3: Uh, um,
1: <laughs> Game of Thrones Inception. No. So
3: there's... there's by the way, if you are available on Thursday nights to come join us live, I encourage you because the chat is hopping every week. <laughs> and there's a lot more than I can actually bring into the show. And we were talking a lot about how, you know, why we feel that they're they're playing with their own rules. They're doing this. Uh, pretty much everyone's saying that it feels rushed. Um, and then there's arguments about, well, now we're in the area that martin hasn't written and are maybe these writers not as good i really think that the the writers are they value different things than martin does and so they aren't so focused on the things that martin would focus on and it it is very different and i am fine with adaptations um but I do think that now that they have freedom, they're, they're like, the training wheels are off. We can do whatever we want now. And they're doing what they want. Are they going to subvert tropes? Maybe, if that's what they want to do. Uh, it's And it, it sounds like, okay, yeah, any writer is going to write whatever they want. Well, some writers feel compelled by uh, their characters in different things. And um, mm-hmm. it, it feels as if these writers are, this is what I want to see, so I'm going to write it. And sometimes that's... Mm-hmm. Awesome, because that's given us some characters that we never got a chance to see in the books interact. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's really frustrating because Euron is on three fronts at once, and nothing makes sense. Um, and that's going to be my go-to point of the egregiousness of them messing with their own rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just gonna come along for the ride and uh, soak it up as I can. I'm trying to stay as objective as possible i don't want to be the total grump but apparently last week i was the grump and i think i might be the grump this week so (laughs) (laughs) i was a
2: little bit grumpy about this episode too now that said i mean there were parts of it that i liked an awful lot but um Mm -hmm. but yeah just the the show is getting more and more uneven in that way
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's frustrating
2: yeah yeah, but, you know, at the same time, I love the parts I love. Right. It's just <laughs> that, like, for a long time, I felt like the show was, you know, it, there, there were the parts I loved and then the other parts that were still pretty good. Right. And now I feel like increasingly there are portions of the show that feel like, a, you know, moving playing with action figures and pushing them together as opposed right. to telling a story.
1: Yeah, I definitely got that feeling, especially these last two episodes, I think. But like especially the, the scene finale, the last scene at the episode, it's just it breaks my brain to have all these people in the same room after they've all had their own isolated chapters and books and separate and mm-hmm. now they're all together and interacting and they're all not getting along like I want them to, you know, and it's just <laughs> It's, it's, it feels to me like it used to be like we would have the episode pacing that we had. It was like a normal show. And now we're at this breakneck pace trying to hit those plot points. And there's just every scene. It's not like there's a scene where you go, oh, that was just pleasant. Oh, there wasn't really anything in that. But, oh, that was awesome. I don't know, maybe the Ed Sheeran episode from earlier in the episode. <laughs> don't yell at me, but despite despite all this the drama, it was pretty simple episode. But yeah. every, every single, I mean, scene, <laughs> but every scene now feels like it's its own damn episode almost. And every episode feels like a movie and every, like all together, it's going to be like this huge, vast thing. And it, I just feel like we could talk about it forever and still not cover <laughs> all of the things that they're doing and
4: the differences mm-hmm.
1: with the books. It's just, I mean... for for my complaints and I guess that's why I can't be the grump, is because I'm just I'm just really grateful that George is still alive, he's still writing it. I'm glad HBO picked up the series and I think they're doing great with it. And I can't I really can't wait to see the differences between the books and what they're doing here because even if it is just what the showrunners want to cover and and if it's not, you know, lore or whatever it's still a really good ride. If we can mm-hmm. just get a little breath, catch a breath scene between some of these huge gatherings of people, you know? Yeah. Really momentous stuff. What mm-hmm. about you, Chooch? How do you feel about it? Like all of like the, the pacing and... and...
0: Mm-hmm. It's definitely accelerated. Uh, it's definitely a detriment. And it seems to me <clears throat> like an uh, avoidable Detriment because you know they set the schedule, they set how many episodes mm-hmm. they were gonna do, they set the yeah, budgets, right? Exactly. So yeah, it's I mean, self-inflicted. And yeah, they could take
2: me, more time with it if they wanted. Yeah.
0: Yeah. HBO would be perfectly happy to have three, four more seasons.
1: We wouldn't have all those dragon scenes though. I think we would have lost a lot on the budget to get that, but I think I I think as far as keeping the continuity of the older show, like the older episodes to what it is now, which is like literally it's it feels almost like the last whoo sorry it feels almost like the last four episodes of a season's series finale where they're just like oh and these two meet and get together and being their friends now <laughs> you know or whatever kind of like you know orphan black we've been watching right. it kind of happen on orphan black as it ended its series so mm-hmm. it's just it it's maybe the problem is that they're stretching it out over two seasons instead of it just being part of one season but again, um, that was their choice,
2: yeah, i mean i yeah i I feel like it's 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 just endings are hard, like that i you know I in that, that sense, I totally have a lot of sympathy for the screenwriters, and I mean like. Stephen King, for example, is one of my favorite writers, but there is a lot of his books that the endings are pretty just kind of bonkers and kind of everything sort of falls apart. Like, you know, there's several of his books where 80% of it is this finely tuned, uh, clockwork watch. And then everything just goes spring ring at the end. And, (laughs) you know, endings are hard. Um, and so obviously I think that if, uh, You know, if Martin thought ending it was easy, we probably would have had the book six and seven already, right? (laughs) um, The thing is, yeah, what's what's great about this story, both in the book form and in the TV show form, is how complex it is with all of these fascinating characters and their different interrelationships and the complexity of the world building and all these moving pieces. And that's what's great about it, but that's really hard to wrap up, right? How do you give every single one of those characters a satisfying conclusion to their arc? How do you give, like, I mean, it, you know, how do you wrap up all of these different, like, there's five or six people that w- would be satisfying to see Kill Cersei, but we can't have all of them do it, right? And, right. uh um you know it's just got all of these different moving pieces and it's it's hard so they they're doing what they can with a very difficult challenge and so any of my criticisms should be taken with that perspective
0: <laughs> sure yeah we move on to the next scene uh
3: um, wait sorry uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. i was waiting for the discussion to finish so uh sam old town we're still there mm-hmm. yeah uh yes. so when sam's walking out and and they're talking about uh you know all these prophecies and these things and they mention jenny of old stones and somebody else which i missed the other person um that jenny of old stones is is a thing (laughs) it's not a thing we've seen in the show but it is a thing and so this episode uh i am dubbing the book fan theorists are screaming every five seconds in this episode and this is one of them uh jenny volsons was married to one of the targaryens and she is involved with the prophecy of the prince that was promised uh and that uh it would be born from the line of prince Eris and princess rayla however you say that and uh that's when king jehaerys uh heard the prophecy and he arranged the marriage between two of his children and that's kind of what started the whole Targaryens marry each other because they know that this is supposed to have to do with their line and so they um you know they're 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 kind of as we see in greek myths a lot of times when you hear a prophecy you try to make that prophecy happen mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, or you try to make it not happen and yeah, and, yeah. You, you make, make it. it no, <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's one of those things, and so I was like, I know that name. I've heard that before. Uh, right. I missed the other one, but
0: okay. Yeah, that was like, Tolo bolo something. Yeah. Oh. Also,
3: uh, Sam. Uh, in my notes, uh, Sam is such a cutie. <laughs> He's absolutely adorable. <laughs> he
2: he is, although he is certainly capable in his his. To be fair, righteous anger against the maesters, uh, mm-hmm. does manage to uh, mansplain over a rather interesting historical bit of uh, trivia.
3: Yes. Uh, <laughs> did we do that part? I'm sorry. I didn't know that we were going. Not yet. No, <laughs> okay, no, okay. Not okay.
0: yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, first up is Dragonstone with uh, two of our favorite conversers, Tyrion and Varys. Yay.
4: Convers- uh,
2: I love... see. <laughs> the- there were you know there were parts of this episode that i didn't like as i've mentioned i liked this one i like the mm-hmm. scene
0: yeah it was really good um Tyrion's trying to kind of rationalize away what happened and mm-hmm. varus is not letting him get away with it yeah. i
3: i wrote in my notes who are you trying to convince Tyrion? <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> well, we know.
2: and i i loved that what varus was doing was you know to an extent he was not letting him get away with it but it was also kind of empathizing that like yeah man been there
1: yeah it
2: didn't go well but i understand what you're going through
0: (laughs) yeah 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 and And it gives us a little way to make her listen yeah Yeah. because that worked for varus job right
3: it gives us a little bit of um idea of why did varus stay with the mad king for so long he tried to make a
1: difference.
3: Yeah, he 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 tried to make a difference and he thought staying he could do more good. I, this is probably me putting more in there, but staying he could do more good than leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, if he left, what would somebody else do? At least if he stayed, he could try to influence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just because you have good intentions does not mean that the impact and what actually happens is excused or forgiven or anything it's still just as bad and it doesn't matter all your good intentions it doesn't matter what you meant to do or that you didn't actually do it you are a collaborator you were a a co-conspirator you were involved in what went down you are guilty and uh i i thought that was really powerful
1: Agreed. And I think I think him not at that, you know, while on the battlefields at the beginning of the episode, him not knowing if his brother was one of those, you know, piles of dust or not, I think that brought all of that home for him. Realizing that it could have been his brother that got roasted instead of the tarleys, so it's you know they're they're balancing a lot of kind of complex things and just jamming it in real fast
2: <laughs> well right, yeah, and like even even if he knows Jamie was uh survived, which he apparently does later, so whether he knew at that time or not, he's also got to be thinking how like. He hates his sister, but he knows that the rest of the Lannister men are just doing their what they're told, right? He doesn't have any personal vendetta against average Lannister soldier. Right. And a whole bunch of them just got burned alive in a really horrible way. And, you know, it's one thing to say, yeah, wars happen, people are going to die, and this is an expected consequence, but it's still kind of horrible to contemplate and you try to take steps to minimize the amount that, that, that needs to happen. And so it's definitely just a case, you know, this just comes back to that earlier scene again of where he's, you know, they made their original plan for a very good reason. And even though that failed for reasons that are somewhat beyond their control, if they're going to go the other way now, they have to be prepared for the consequences of that because those consequences of course, were why they originally planned to do something else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I was thinking as they were talking, when he said, you have to find a way to make her listen. It's like, that sounds like a perfect job for Jora. <laughs>
4: and of course I
0: was proven totally wrong. <laughs> like I expected him to like, you know, okay, see hear what's going on. And then like, Oh, <gasps> Yeah. See.
3: I picture Jorah going, oh, you want to burn people? Go right ahead. Whatever, Michael You, you took yeah. me back. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: True. Hmm. True. <clears throat> and they, At um, the
2: same time, yeah. I can't help but wonder how Davos feels about that. I mean, obviously he mm-hmm. wasn't there. They didn't ask him, but.
3: hmm Yep. No, I agree. Him mentioning his sons being burned, uh that uh <laughs> well for that,
2: <laughs> that matter, John. I mean, they yeah. John and uh Davos together banished mm-hmm. Melisandre, and that's the whole reason Melisandre didn't want to meet with mm-hmm. them is because like we parted on bad terms. And now, I mean, to be fair, I think John is pragmatic enough to recognize the difference between enemy combatants who are leaders setting an example. Who did take up arms against you and were offered a choice? We, you know, we talked about all of that elements, but there's a big there. There's still a substantial gap between that mm-hmm. and burning your own innocent daughter to please a god that may right.
4: <laughs> not. <laughs>
1: I do have, I do have a problem with one aspect um, of something that's been said a lot in the reviews and mm-hmm. the and the blog posts and stuff that I've read, and that is that. They were enemy combatants that took up arms against Danny. No, they marched to High Garden and they wiped that fa- that yeah. house off the, or off the map. And then Danny came and started breathing fire on them. So mm-hmm. they did not march to take out Danny.
4: Yeah, is,
1: is that, and that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying there's any further debate yeah. needed or anything like that. But for clarification, those soldiers yeah. are slaves now because they were at High Garden, not at Dragonstone.
2: Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Um, they chose to side with Cersei. Oh, well, that, of course. Instead of, of course. Oh, but hang on, hang on, though. They chose to side with Cersei going against Elena for the specific reason of not wanting to side with Danny. That could, was why they made that decision.
3: A big portion of those troops, I mean, they weren't all Lannisters. There were Lannisters there, but a big portion were High Garden troops, which were already pledged to uh Dan cause so uh-huh. there's there's that yeah um yeah
2: well yeah i mean i i i'm talking of certainly i think any of the average soldiers you know are kind of just cannon fodder alas in this type of scenario but tarly himself had i mean in his whole decision making process it was laid out pretty clearly that He doesn't like Cersei, and he doesn't like the way the Lannisters do business, and he is kind of opposed to swearing fealty to them, especially since it would go against his own leash. But what changes his mind? This dragon lady from the East is going to come in with all her savages and eunuchs. You don't want to be on their side, do you? And that changed his mind. So it's true. That he had not actually led armies against Danny yet, although they did fight back in this attack. You know, we could say that's defending themselves. But he very specifically chose sides with the intention of not being on her side. Sure. And not only that, but she did just basically give him the opportunity to join her side. And he said he would rather be burned to death. So... <laughs>
3: hey. I think the basic idea is that there is a difference between killing people that you were fighting against and killing kids.
2: Yeah. Especially when it's, you know, it's a straightforward pragmatic thing of like, you are a leader of my enemies and I've got to do something with you versus a kid who shouldn't have even been there. But (laughs) yeah. Uh, But yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I do not feel sorry for Randall Tarley. Which is not the same thing as thinking that Danny did the right thing.
3: Um, before we move off this scene with Tyrion and uh, Varys, uh, I do love the whole thing. You know, the, the message. What is it? And he's like, mm. "It's a sealed scroll and wax for the King of the North." Yeah. You know, it's completely sealed. Can't get in. All right, what's it say? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, good.
0: Mm-hmm. Nothing good. Nothing good. Which we find out John gets to read the good news, bad news.
2: Well, right. Yeah, that's a hell of a scroll to receive. By the way, two of your siblings that you thought were dead are actually not. But also.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're definitely marching this way. And they're close. But Tyrion comes with the idea, hey, why don't we just capture White Walker?
2: Yeah. You know.
0: It doesn't make sense. Of course, Cersei's not going to go to the wall, but it wouldn't make sense for her to send well, somebody but, she trusts to go see them.
2: I, they're in a difficult position because on the one hand, I, I I know that I wouldn't be the only person online to say that I don't like the plan. and I don't necessarily think it's a good plan, but I don't really know what the better one is.
4: Yeah. So
1: here's my question, though. I can't remember and I didn't remember to look it up, but they had a White's hand in season one, didn't they? The one that they talked about, they attacked and they sent it to the goddamn Citadel in season one, didn't they? What
3: happened is that by the time it got south, it had, um, uh, you know, um, decayed and it wasn't moving anymore.
2: Yeah, I think well, and that's I think what happened in the book. I don't think in the show they even really yeah. Dealt the, it's with it one to that.
3: of the things that they mentioned um, in the afterward. Yeah. Uh, we we mentioned uh, last week that we think that when they talk about uh, things that are in the show in the afterward, it's usually because they're kind of lacking in those parts. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, well, so I think back in season one, they did do that to send the hand down. Um, because that was why um, what's-his-face Thorne was yeah. away for a while and wasn't with the, everyone when they went north of the wall. It was because he was the one that was sent down. That's also where he met Janos Slint, and they became best buds. Yeah. Um, but I, the way they handled it in the show, as I recall was there was a brief mention to the people in charge. I don't even remember um, who it was at that time, whether it was still Robert or if, uh, if it had already been Joffrey at, when they dealt this, but it was essentially presented as, oh, and there's a Night's Watch who says he's got some hand thing to show us. Who cares?
3: Yeah. And uh, that was kind of
2: all it was dealt with.
3: Yeah. And uh, Mike says they, they did mention what happened to the hand in uh, this episode. Mm. So, there we go. Uh, fixing that up
0: um yeah
3: sorry <laughs> <laughs> right, i just go ahead shoot. we'll let shoot go <laughs> yeah.
0: um i was just moving on with uh the rest of the scene mm. the major volunteers danny looks super bummed she just got him back
2: yeah
0: and she seems quite moved by john's speech I guess that's the romance spark the writers have been going for. I guess it seemed like a significant.
3: Well, (laughs) what's for reaction?
0: Reaction. Good.
3: We see this. I wrote this down later on, but um, the only real spark that I am seeing with Danny and John, and um, the one thing that I can see on Danny's side is, I think she could be interested in John because he is the only man that is not trying to bed or wed her in her entire life because he's not made any gestures. He's not giving her moon eyes. Tyrion is not either, though. And he's
1: not cute though.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I don't know. I, don't know I, I, I mean, if it's okay yeah. with the nephew, why isn't it okay with the possible brother? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs>
3: possible brother. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, I, I think that, um, but many times when she meets another king, another leader, another whatever, all they want to do is marry mm-hmm. her because then they can have part of her power. And John's not looking for that. And mm-hmm. that's the one spark that I'm seeing.
0: And so far, he's not trying to tell her what to do. He's standing yeah. up for his beliefs and, and his people, mm-hmm. which she can respect.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like currently they're they're writing Danny almost like she's two different people, you know, depending on whether John's in the room now that mm. said that I mean that could actually just be a creative choice, which is intended to signify the chemistry to us by showing how differently she acts around him. That's a real thing potentially, but she definitely acts different around him than she does elsewhere
0: yeah, yeah, yeah and she doesn't come and say. Oh, I just burn the shit out of a bunch of people," he says. "I have less enemies today <laughs> you know, than I had yesterday." Yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, the, so while the it it does strike me as a real problem that what John is proposing that Danny sends her troops up to the north would leave Cersei in a position to. Um, you know, take retake ground and, and cause a bigger problem there. And so if they could convince Cersei to cooperate, that would be useful. But getting a white to, and bringing it down strikes me as such a long shot in both elements. One, that you're going to be able to go and do that, and that you're actually sending all your big guns together on an incredibly dangerous Suicide Squad mission, um, and also doing all of that on the basis of the idea that she's going to care.
0: Yeah. Right. Or uh, hold to her word, yeah. yeah. To the, an armistice.
3: The plan has so many flaws, and that's why I was you know, having trouble speaking earlier, because there's just so many things wrong with it. Uh, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let Paulette and Tibby talk for me. Uh, Paulette, my opinion on this is get a white Walker plan is that it sounds like something from a sitcom and Tibby says, bringing a zombie into a city never turns out well. (laughs) It's too bad. No one has invented (laughs) photography yet. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that's, that's that, you know, there's just so many things that can go wrong. And I know that. This is being set up to this is why John is going uh, beyond the wall. Sorry, I can't speak. Um, But he's not actually. I don't think he's coming back with a White Walker in a bag or anything like that. I, I really... I don't imagine that an entire white Walker is not going to decay when it comes further South. Although maybe, maybe that'll be the thing. Like we'll discover, Oh, well they can only kind of hang out around the wall. And after a little while they didn't tend to decay. I don't know. I just, whatever. I'm, I'm trying not, I keep saying this, but I'm trying not to invest too much in anything because I don't know the rule book. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think that it is a way uh, to do a couple of things um, you know from from sort of the mercenary screenwriting perspective it 's a way to have a big action set piece with the uh the army of the dead without having them be south of the wall yet
4: mm-hmm.
2: and it is a way to put characters we like in jeopardy. It is a way to put characters we like in unusual combinations that we wouldn't expect. Um, it is potentially a way to uh, give us some uh, drama by killing off a character we like or two, um, and uh, it's all of that is the re- you know justification for the mission. But then the larger element, I think, that what we're setting up here is the idea that Cersei is going to meet with Danny, and something could happen there. So getting those two in a room together is another element that they have to say, well, what possible justification could we have for why those two would literally be in a room together and not fighting? So, I mean, I think that's what they're going for, um, and their solution feels awkward, but again, it's like to accomplish all of those things which seem like fine goals to have in the storytelling... Uh, I don't know what a better plan would be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they don't have many options. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ready to move on? Mm-hmm. And north to Winterfell, where the northern lords are pissed off that mm-hmm. John left. Yeah. I can't imagine how long they've been complaining.
3: Grumble, Probably grumble, since right. he left.
0: Right? Grumble, grumble.
2: Yeah. Well, they complained when he said he was leaving. Yeah, you know, it's like they right. said at the time that they were not happy True. about yeah. that. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, it. It makes perfect sense to me, and I am hoping, 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 hoping that Arya is not falling for what's going on here. Mm. But I'm worried that she is.
3: It was a good, uh, it was a good, like, a uh, bit of deception there on Littlefinger's part.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The thing but, I keep telling
1: yeah. the thing I keep telling myself is that she spent how many episodes, how much of that season or more, with the faceless men, and she was constantly being quizzed on on lying and telling the truth and being able to spot mm-hmm. deception and things like that. So I'm I'm counting on that carrying some weight. Yeah.
0: So you're actually but jumping ahead that we can combine these yeah. scenes if mm-hmm. we want. Um,
2: but. Well, so we have the scene of Arya challenging Sansa after the meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And and she does actually use her her faceless man yep. uh, lie detector ability yeah. with Sansa, and I think that that's that seems to me to be what they're going to lean on to justify whatever conclu- whatever decision Arya makes. But and and we can see that, and it makes sense. That we could imagine that Sansa's got some dark thoughts where she is kind of thinking, "What if John never comes back? I mean, mm-hmm. I have to be prepared for that eventuality, right?" And I don't know, maybe parts of that don't sound so bad. And I don't know, you know, I mean, it's not that I don't want him to come back. It's just that if he didn't, then that puts me in a good situation. And and so like Arya is kind of saying, "Of course, you're having those thoughts." you know um don't pretend that you're not but at the same time <laughs> um I, yeah so i i'm i'm stuck on a detail that's from later but if so if you guys want uh, yeah, to Well, this, this
0: scene kind of bugged me um just in that you know they're they're pushing for their you know, obviously Baelish in the plot is pushing for there to be a wedge but mm-hmm. it seems the plutonium is pushing for a wedge too because
4: yeah
0: I don't know. In, in a way, it seemed to fall back on sibling rivalry a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you always like the nice things or whatever because they make you feel better than everybody else. So I could see that. I don't know. I was conflicted. It seemed kind of contrived that they're really pushing this, that she's going against Sansa, or at least being convinced to go against Sansa, where <clears throat> it yeah. didn't quite feel natural.
3: I so one of the things i i actually like that there was a little bit of this uh animosity because Sansa and Arya always had that animosity yes, exactly and That's for them default. to just be not fighting and not having any conflict i think would be more suspicious yeah mm-hmm. um so i i actually didn't have a problem with that and i liked the way that Arya worded it mm, you always mm-hmm. like nice things You don't want people to think you do, but you do. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that that was, I don't know, it felt very natural to me. um, Yeah. And Sansa didn't invite it
0: to what's on your mind, right? Don't just.
3: Well,
2: and, well, of course, I mean, but that was prompted by Arya being totally passive aggressive about it. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) I think the thing that helps them with their trying to convince us that there's animosity there and that, you know, Aria is going to fall for L- Littlefinger's obvious little plot, um, obvious to us, is that Arya was in the tent with Tywin, or not the tent, but she was at Harrenhal as the cupbearer for Tywin and saw Littlefinger there. And she knows that the- Littlefinger conspired against her family. And mm. so I think I the forgot fact- that she met him there. Yeah, yeah. And there's a question of whether or not, like some people say that when he saw her, he recognized her, but decided to keep his mouth shut. And other people think that he just didn't recognize her because she was going as a boy. I
2: I remember we debated that because there was a bit of her deliberately saying, oh, shoot, he might recognize me. Did he? He kind of gives her a double take, but it wasn't clear.
1: Yeah, it wasn't clear. And yeah, so she yeah. she does not trust him. She doesn't want anything to do with him. And the fact that he mm-hmm. is there whispering in Sansa's ear 24-7, that's yeah. not going to make her feel warm and fuzzy at all about what Sansa's well, motives are. Because she hasn't right. said to Arya, I know what... Like, she hasn't clarified with Arya the way she has with Brienne that I know exactly what he wants and I'm watching him, kind of a thing that she had yeah, done a couple yeah. episodes ago. So although, I don't think Arya knows.
3: Although
2: um, she did when... Aria was right there with Bran when it was the first scene with them reunited where Bran talked about he got the dagger and Sansa was immediately like, oh, he wouldn't have given that to you without wanting something."
4: Um, That's
2: true.
1: That's true. Um,
3: So Paulette says uh, it's so obviously a double cross that it might be set up for a double double cross that leads to Littlefinger's downfall or not. Who knows? Uh, That's what I'd like to see. That's (laughs) what
2: I'd like to see as well. We'll we'll see. Here is that this is this is a crossroads for this show, right? Yeah. This is a turning point example of is it going to tell the kind of story that it used to tell, or is it going to tell the kind of story that it seems like it's starting to tell? One is the way where it subverts the genre trope, which is that we want these characters to get along and be united against the bad people and and to have little finger giddish come up and so on. Um, which I, I say that way as though it's not what I would prefer, Mm -hmm. uh, because obviously that's kind of what I want to have happen, but it is the more sort of conventional, uh, wish fulfillment type of story, right? As opposed to subverting the trope, which would be to say, what if the Sarks just fall apart all over again and it's all down to Arya is unable to let go of her adolescent sibling rivalry because due to all the trauma she has suffered in the intervening years, she has never emotionally processed past all of that. She has repressed all of her emotions since then. And so now that she is opening herself up even a little bit, it's just returning back to old patterns. And so she is going to end up forming a wedge with Sansa and everything's going to fall apart as a result. Like that's the sort of story that I feel like would have happened in the show that we had during seasons three and four right
3: so can we talk about what was written on the scroll yeah sure so uh i don't know if you guys caught what was on the scroll but uh it yep. is it is not a fake scroll it's a right. scroll that cersei made sansa write mm-hmm. way back in like season one
2: yep.
3: yeah where it's sansa's hand saying my father was a traitor he tried to steal the throne Joffrey's being good, yada, 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 yeah. um and that that is the scroll i when she was following him around i i did didn't suspect anything, and I thought it was oh this is this is something that he sent during the whole stabbing thing, you know the the attempted suicide, the cat's paw dagger thing. Um, and I thought he was trying to get rid of one of those, and then it was, oh, no, no, this is is something that might look damning to Sansa, and I think what will determine whether or not this double-double cross happens or if Arya is convinced is if Arya can tell if her sister is lying in the scroll originally. Right. And I think that'll be... The test, and I don't know that she will, because it's very different to read a lie in hand. Mm-hmm. Than but it she is grew to read up. Well, but okay,
1: but up in school together. So they, if anybody yeah. would be able to detect that, it would be a sibling, because they had tutoring together and stuff. So that's well, an interesting.
2: thing. Like, I, I don't know that it's a matter of being able to like use lie detector abilities on the scroll so much as if they ever actually talk about it. All Sansa has to say is. I was a hostage to a monster and yeah. they made me write that against my will, yeah. which is true. I, I'm, well, mm-hmm. I'll be, I
1: totally agree with you, but I'm, yeah. I think it's interesting. I think Nettie's aspect is interesting as well because mm-hmm. she would probably have some tells that she would be able to pick up on. So I think that would right. lead credence to it. So well, I think that little finger, if it works out the way we all hope it works out, Littlefinger kind of damned himself because he put the evidence in Arya's hand that she was being used by Cersei at that time.
3: But if it, if it doesn't work out the way that we want it to and she is fooled by it, I can see her not asking Sansa about it. If she believes it, I can see her not asking Sansa. You know? Well,
1: yeah, because aren't we also led to believe that they haven't ever really shared their stories yet? They seem kind of like unknowing about what the others have been up to. Like but you would like, think that that's something if they had sat down and had a sister catch-up meeting that she would have said, oh my God, it was so horrible." They even made me send a letter to her. I mean, that seems like the thing that would come out in a late night sister session, but they've never been normal sisters, I guess. And
3: They're not really forthcoming. Yeah. See, here's, here's what
2: I don't like about this is a story development, though, and it's not. Just worry that oh no, Arya might fall for it and and be fooled and go against Sansa, because I w- I would you know I don't want that to happen and I'd be disappointed and think that that's not good writing just because even with their various motivations that there's just too obvious a very clear and present explanation for why she would write that letter, especially since they previously had the conversation of, did you actually kill Joffrey like it was rumored? And she says, no, but I wish I had. And if yeah. she's definitely able to use her lie detecting ability then, right? And that's a hundred percent true. And so like it's to my mind, I cannot possibly imagine Arya actually being fooled by that. So hmm. as long as she's not actually fooled by that, okay. If she is, I'll be very disappointed in the writing. But the other element of that is what exactly is Littlefinger trying to accomplish here? He's trying to turn our, I mean, he supports Sansa. He wants Sansa to be with him. He wants, Sansa is the one he's trying to keep in power and be impressed with him and pleased with him. Why would he try to turn Arya further against her?
1: So that he can maintain more, he, his alleged control over Sansa. If Arya and Bran are there, like when Jon was there, it's going to keep Sansa thinking of Sansa or whatever, thinking Sansa. like about, you know, the Starks and the family line. And if it's just Littlefinger, Littlefinger's focusing the whole thing, at least in my point of view. His his constant beat have been, yes, but the troops, my troops are for you. Those Mm. troops are for John. Those troops are for so-and-so. Those troops, I'm here for you and no one is giving you. He's like feeding her ego and we're supposed Mm -hmm. to believe that she's not falling for it. But in order for that to work, that kind of Svengali bullshit, he needs to be the only like really solid voice in her ear. Mm -hmm. And so... Driving a wedge between her and her siblings only
3: benefits Baelish. I love what Tibby says in the chat. Typical abuser behavior, isolating the victim from the family.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I can see that, I guess. Um, I suppose. I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like I I want Littlefinger to, like, his whole clever ploy of being able to stealthily uh, trick Arya into secretly reading the note that he set up for her to read and being pretty clever and sneaky about that. I feel like I want his plan to be more clever than this Mm. because I I just feel like it's one thing to say he does want Sansa to feel like he is the only one she can rely on because everyone else is turning against her. But I feel like he is. He watched Arya be an incredibly expert fighter and seemed impressed by that. He's aware of growing tension already, and maybe he's trying to exacerbate that. But, like, Arya, like, to the extent that he knows the d- actual dynamic here, Arya is already very much a supporter of Jon. And so if he's going to try to drive the wedge, it's only going to strengthen John's side.
3: Mm-hmm. I have a thought. I have a thought. Uh, so this this scroll is... its We've decided it's really hard to believe that Arya is going to fall for it and it's going to make her hate her sister. What if he did that so that the whole sneaking it around and hiding it thing was all... Baelish wanted Sansa to hear so that when she confronts him he's like well I didn't want anyone to find that damning evidence because I knew you were forced to write it and it's like all about him proving that he's an ally and so he's not bragging mm-hmm. he's forcing it to come out
0: <laughs> I definitely think it's step one of a plan I think it's its a, definitely
3: yeah. step one of a well, plan. I think it's a legitimate
0: le- legitimate breadcrumb And it could be like part one of a trap, you know, that like he got that. He set the hook or he laid the bait, set the hook kind of thing.
2: Well, and I guess the goal is uh, now that I think about it, the goal is probably coughing over there. Uh, The goal is probably to try to. Exacerbate the feelings of discomfort that Sansa is feeling about Arya. And isn't it weird how she can fight and she acts strange now and she talks about killing people? Like, maybe you should send her away.
3: Mm, maybe and so, she should go to the wall. Mm. Yeah. So,
2: <laughs> trying to get Arya to leave, it might be the goal. And okay. so I guess I can see that, but it just, you know, and I know that his whole thing, like, it's not like he has ever really been as much of a master planner as he thinks he is. Um, and I know chaos is the latter is kind of his whole thing, but I don't know. This just felt like a weird sort of flailing maneuver to me. So I don't know. I I was kind of like, I thought that the scroll was going to be something different. That wasn't such an obviously transparent thing. And so that's, I guess my worry. And maybe that's really where all my concern is coming from is if the show tries to make us think that Arya really believes it, I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh
0: yeah. That, that would be total bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else there? Move on to uh, King's Landing, Tyrion and Davos, <clears throat> able to yeah. smuggle in. <laughs>
3: yeah. All right. So those of you who weren't spoiled, did uh, you know what his business in Flea Bottom was? Nope. I didn't until
2: when we cut away from Tyrion and Jamie and we see blacksmithing. I, That's when we, I like, gasped and I said, <gasps> No! I went, yep. Gajri, oh my God! Yeah, so I did guess before we saw him, <laughs> but I not until we cut away to that scene where he's yeah, yeah. going to the blacksmith shop.
1: Same. Yeah. It yeah. never occurred to me. I don't know why it didn't occur to me, but I was like, yeah. what's he doing? Yeah, I yeah. did not. So, oh, my God. so
2: that's a perfect example of something where I feel like... The show is doing a lot of fan service sort of plot contrivance stuff in order to make fans happy like that sort of, with an intent of making fans happy is I guess what I should say. But this, this is an example of one that was entirely successful in my opinion. Yep.
3: <laughs> and I was more than happy, and I loved every minute of it. And yes. I, I – yep, I'm ready to go. Let's go. I've been waiting for you. I yeah. <laughs> thought you might still be rowing. <laughs>
1: And I love that tip of the hat to all the fan theories. That's what everybody has said. Yep. Everybody. I wrote, it
3: down. I wrote that down. I absolutely squeed at that yeah. because it was.
1: Yeah. They're oh, listening to the fans. They are listening to the fans. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so adorable. <sighs> I just, I just like, why can't, why couldn't we get that kind of back and forth and chemistry? with Danny and John, it's Davos and Gendry. And it was Sorry. just like, <laughs> oh, Davos, is it's yeah. Davos is amazing. It's because Davos
3: is amazing. But why. Danny's amazing. John's amazing. Yeah. And you know, just Davos not amazing has together. great chemistry with everyone. He has great yeah. chemistry with everyone. Yeah. He really does. He's the best. Well,
2: and here's the thing is that like, this is not a criticism from me to emilia clark the actress playing danny Mm. but the way they are writing danny this season makes it difficult for her to have chemistry with anyone because they're telling her you are the ice queen unless you are the slightly awkward ice queen right you get to smile at at um uh jorah that's it
1: Yeah. yeah Right. <laughs> and make sure your eyes are really oh, big and wet looking. You know, we
2: didn't really talk about it last week, but the bit with Masande where she's kind of like, things happened. Like that, <laughs> that was like the most alive we've seen her this whole time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so true. That is so, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That was a great scene. Oh.
2: Like, I like Daenerys in the aggregate. Yeah. She's not been especially likable this season.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, So with Jamie and, uh, Tyrion, I was very, oh, sorry.
0: Hold on. We, um,
1: keep uh, us straight.
3: uh,
0: (laughs) Well, so yeah. So, um, the other little kind of notes that, um, he was packed and ready basically. Mm. And he prefers a hammer, which makes sense because he's Mm -hmm. a Smith,
3: but as, as Mike says, hashtag Baratheon.
1: Wait, 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 Chooch, what were you saying?
0: That daddy preferred the Warhammer. hammer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which and, uh, may not have even known or probably didn't know.
3: Oh, I think everyone knew. That uh, was in songs. Robert was Yeah, Robert well, was Well And, and he, he
2: says later, he talks specifically about your dad and my dad are supposed to be friends. That sounds like he knows, knows the stories. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And as Paulette pointed out, uh, that hammer has a stag on it, no less
0: oh wow really
3: i didn't notice that at I all but that is an awesome yeah, detail
0: interesting um so this made me think uh when we find genry so there is a list of other forgotten characters um, which Genry for a long time for me was at the top of that list yes yeah.
1: you teased me about this earlier i want to hear it Chooch. give it to me now because you wouldn't tell me earlier
0: well and, and it's getting shorter obviously and there's a lot of that i don't think are realistically going to come back but mm. uh first on the top we talked about a little bit i think last week was uh ellen payne maybe it was a mm. week before mm-hmm. mm. and i could see him coming back yeah there's kinvara the red priestess all
1: mm. oh, right
0: um which I don't know that we'll necessarily see. <laughs>
1: oh, you know what though? I'm sorry, go back. Um, Illan Payne has basically kind of been replaced by the mountain at this point. Kyburn and the mountain both, right? He kinda of, I mean, they aren't really executing anyone, they're torturing people and leaving him
3: in cells forever.
2: Well, Illan Payne kind of eventually disappears off the stage, so to speak, in the books too, doesn't he? I mean uh, he... he
3: becomes Jamie's training partner, which Braun took over. That's Ra- right. Yeah. You
2: yeah. know. Yeah. And mm, that, is that I the last time we see him in the books? Well, no. He's been following Jamie around, but it's he's so, sort of a weird non-presence because he doesn't talk. So right, he just he
3: when he laughs, the tongue flaps, mm. and it's that.
1: Yeah, a dude knows stuff though. He knows where all the bodies are buried.
2: He's <laughs> basically just used as a sounding board for Jamie. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> gotcha. There's a uh, Dario. He's hanging out. Yep. Yeah.
2: I don't think we ever see him again.
0: I don't think so, Robin Aaron, mm. which could I come feel into like. Play.
2: Yeah, he's got to show up again. We, I, we, we have to, we have to pick up that thread at some point.
1: Yeah, because last time we saw him was season six, and he was being mentored by one of the other families of the Vale, right?
0: By the dudes yeah. at Winterfell, now. Yeah,
3: I half expect him to be killed by Littlefinger at some point.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. But the whole the whole reason that any of the people of the Vale were following Littlefinger at all yeah. was because he kind of had Robin in his pocket. Right. But at the same time, um, they that those same people seem to have switched their allegiance to Sansa at this point yeah. anyway. So. Um, it, Littlefinger's kind of incidental at that point. And I mean, here's the thing, you know, with, just to go back to Littlefinger just briefly, mm-hmm. is um, I totally 100% buy that he's increasingly desperate because he is finding himself being made redundant in every possible way. Yep. Um, and so that's bad for him. And so he has got to do something. And so I do like that he is going to do something. Um, also, just one note since we went back to this anyway. Um, Mike points out yep. the, um, uh, that one element that I could be the detail that they return to later. Like, if what they do is Arya pretends to fall for it, but then we get the reveal where she turns it around on Littlefinger and demonstrates how she knew that this that Sansa wouldn't have been being honest in this is the detail that the letter, cre- you know. Had Sansa referring to Arya as her darling sister, and Arya could just say, "Sansa would never say that if she was writing this <laughs> with sincerity." Yep,
3: <her> any. Yep. <sighs> yep, yep. And, and so
2: uh, I, I, I can totally see that being a detail that comes back. Yeah,
3: and yeah. and Mike says that uh, we have no idea what he was uh, talking to the the woman at the at the. The woman, the he, he gave gives something to a woman with a basket, right. and and so there's something there that we don't have a direct connection.
2: I want there to be more to his plot because right now I don't think it's enough.
0: Right, <laughs> totally. But I'm happy to one. on. <laughs> <laughs> um, next on the list, uh, Salador San was Davos' pirate friend. I
4: love of- yeah. him.
2: Yeah, one of the only African American actors in the show. That is kind
4: of yeah. yeah.
0: No, Danny needs a fleet. Just yeah. saying.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, we got a uh, Jacques and Hagar, which probably we'll never see again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you
2: yeah. know, it's I it, I wouldn't be surprised if we get some little grace note with him. Just mm-hmm. because it's so easy for him to show up disguised as yeah. anyone else,
3: right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Anyway, we we'll Narya see. Nod
3: <laughs> I feel,
2: <laughs> we did get a nice conclusion to his relationship with Arya, though, when she yeah. left the House of Black and White. So I feel like we don't need to see him again. There's mm-hmm. not like a dangling yeah. threat that needs to be resolved. Yeah, Great. I
1: really hope you're wrong about Dario. I'm going to go back again. I'm going to miss him if we don't see him again. <laughs> really? <All right>. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're allowed. <laughs> I'm just,
4: uh, he, was, <laughs>
1: he was so... Oh... No, I'm not going to derail a conversation by pointing out that he was not on Orphan Black. Oh wait, that's a no, for another show. Shit.
0: He never <laughs> came. Oh yeah. Um, Sirio, who's likely dead, and he yeah. may have he's been. He's Jack and Hagar. Huffin. Might have been him, anyways, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's Illyrio Mopatis and Pintos, who
3: hopped yeah. yeah. up early oh, yeah, and
0: later, yeah. and he seems like just—he's just. Yeah. He's just Somebody needs a bed, so he pops up.
2: Remind me, when we had Tyrion going to Essos for the first time, did we have him show up with Illyrio again in the the show? I couldn't remember.
0: I think they just mentioned that's where they were, but I don't think we actually saw him.
3: Oh, all right. I can't remember. they (laughs) were at his estate.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I thought we
0: did.
2: That's where the books in the show really start to blur, because it's those middle seasons that you don't think Um, of as often. Anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least. Where's Sir Pounce?
4: Yeah.
3: Oh, Sir Pounce. Aww. Oh. no. Uh, oh no! He jumped off the wall too.
2: <laughs> I, yeah. See, I, I, I had the really the the sad thought that I was actually not gonna say, which was that Tom had him in his vest when he jumped. But,
4: oh my uh, God. See <laughs> me, <laughs> <laughs> <Just you>, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so uh, <laughs> let's see. We're, anyway, uh,
2: uh, so we didn't talk about Jamie's and, so, and Tyrion.
0: Or, yeah, Tyrion, yeah. So, so uh Bron I, totally
2: mm-hmm. I was
0: totally excited. I was totally
3: excited that Bronn had the hookup.
1: <laughs> Ladies, you were driving me nuts. He keeps starting to say something. And you both talk. Chooch, what were you going to say?
0: <laughs> Essentially introducing the scene, Bronn tricks Jamie into meeting with Tyrion. Which is clearly why he couldn't be killed by a dragon. He had an important right. link to make. I,
2: I apologize for talking over you, but because we talked about Davos uh, and Gendry already, which happens after that scene, I right. thought we might be skipping it. Gotcha. That's it. So.
3: <laughs> I have a slight oh. delay. So I, oh. yeah, I don't mean to talk over people. It's just. It's it's hard.
0: But it was a really great contentious scene, you know, mm-hmm. Tyrion trying to kind of explain his case like D Dad was going to kill me, he knew I was innocent. Mm-hmm. And uh and the Jamie's natural anger um mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. Uh, overall, I thought it was really good.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I agree. I I thought this was another perfect example of a scene that felt like it belongs more with the older tradition of the show, which is denying us the standard genre trope version of the scene where they're able to look past all of the stuff that's happened between them because we know they really love each other. And uh, um, where the stuff that has happened is actually like really big deal stuff that's important and makes a difference. And it's also... He's not here to reconcile. He's here for business. So and it's yeah. you know, it's so uh, but it's all very contentious. And it actually falls into kind of the same theme with as with Sansa and Arya, this idea that it's hard with family to not fall into those old sorts of patterns.
4: Yeah.
0: Hmm. But, well, yeah. But I didn't Arya think they did. ever had that kind of pattern. They were always it seems to me they were always super, super close and and support said, because though because they were bouncing off Cersei
2: yeah but they never got to have any kind of resolution or closure to this stuff that happened
0: true yeah yeah, yeah.
1: I just love anytime Bronn and Tyrion are on screen together even if they're not they didn't say a word to each other but I just love seeing Braun and Tyrion because you know, there's some mischief that's going to happen even for the five seconds that they were in the room together.
2: <laughs> yeah. There
1: was some side business.
2: <laughs> I kind of wanted to see some of that conversation though. I mean, I, I suppose the show wanted it to be surprised just that, that that's really what Ron was, Bron was yeah. doing with Jamie. But um, at the same time, I feel like the last time Tyrion saw Braun was when Bronn was saying, look, I told you that if someone paid me more, I would do what they said and I would leave you and I would give you the opportunity to pay me to beat the price, but you can't because you're in jail. Sorry. I mean, that's that's the last time they saw each other. So yeah. I feel like I would be interested in that conversation picking up that. Uh...
3: So um, when, when I saw Braun had the hookup, I was really excited. And I just assume, you know, because Bron always says, whoever's going to pay me, I'd be more than willing to, sure, okay, I'll do a favor for you. That might work. You, you're worth the woman that's got a dragon, okay. And, um, you know, Tyrion knows all of these secret passageways because of Bron, and Bron knows them too. And, you know, when he was hand. And I'm pretty sure that Tyrion had a very easy way to get in touch with Bron before getting in touch with Jamie and it all worked out you mm-hmm. know pretty well um Tyrion and Jamie to me were you know always best friends and then they have this giant rift so i thought that their interaction was pretty good and i really liked that whole like yeah i'm not going to forgive you for just killing our dad yeah <laughs> even even with the circumstances and and now well, you're and, against our family yeah I, and it was it was
2: it was from, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt.
3: No, it's okay. Um,
2: it was such a betrayal too from Jamie's perspective is because, I mean, not only would he not want Tyrion to kill their dad, but Tyrion specifically took advantage of Jamie sticking his neck out to set Tyrion free and used that opportunity yeah. to kill yeah. their dad. Wow. And so it was... I did this huge favor for you because Mm -hmm. I love you and you repaid me by murdering our father, which was a completely (laughs) optional mission.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, In fact, you put yourself in
2: more danger to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we get where Tyrion was coming from, but from Jamie's perspective, that's, that would be, that's a hard thing to swallow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, so I thought that that conversation like even though it kind of denies us some of the catharsis we might have been lo- you know hoping for. Yeah.
4: Um,
2: it felt real in a way that mm-hmm. some of the more contrived aspects of the show haven't and that's part of I think what made me feel it it felt more like you know the older style of the show. Yeah. Which was,
4: yeah.
2: yeah.
3: So uh I also think that this is one of those fan things like this is something fans have been wanting uh-huh. since the last meeting we want to know okay well what are they going to say to each other when different truths come out and so this was, this was really neat um, uh-huh. and uh, I think that uh, it's also really interesting how you know, Jamie presents himself I'm, I'm still very upset with you and then he goes to talk to Cersei and he's more defending him uh-huh. <laughs> So I, I I think it's uh it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I also think it's really interesting that Tyrion counts on Jamie before he ever sees him, mm. and I think that's pretty telling. Yeah. Of their relationship to not turn him in, you mean? To not turn him in—that he's gonna be okay. That that's how he can get through to Cersei. Like the first mm-hmm. thought he has is, "Oh, we'll go through Jamie. because." He'll no talk to how me, much, no, and no matter how much he hates me, he's not going to kill me on sight. Mm-hmm.
2: Even though Jamie points out very specifically that that's yeah. kind of what he said he would do, I loved <laughs> the exchange of Jamie pointing that out and then Tyrion just kind of going, "It'll take you a really long time with a sparring sword." <laughs> <laughs> I, that was such a, just a great exchange. I thought oh. that was really, that was really good. I like oh.
0: that <clears throat> uh, that's what I we was expecting a sword. sword. A short joke, but yeah, that was better. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
2: But what was just really kind of made that whole scene electric is just this idea that these two have so much that if they could just have the time... They could probably hash this stuff out. You know, they each have stuff that they want to say to each other. We feel that they could probably reconcile, but there's just no time. Yeah. Tyrion cannot stay very long. He needs to deliver a message and get out. And it's a message that Jamie doesn't want to hear. And he's not going to want to deliver to Cersei, but he's going to have to. And it's business and it's important. And that has to take priority over any of their emotional stuff. So that means they don't have time for the emotional stuff. And okay. that's frustrating for them both, which is what gives the scene such energy.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Jamie does deliver that message.
4: hmm
0: <clears throat> Comes in with uh, Cersei con- consulting with Kyburn.
4: Yeah.
0: So the army of the dead's coming, and Tyrion's mm-hmm. going to have proof.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really sorry. D- did we discuss them leaving, the beach? Uh,
2: no, not yet. Not yet. yet.
3: Okay, go ahead. We go to <laughs> Fleet <fully> Bottom first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Did I um? All oh, right, because that was the second part of the Davos thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have to remember to go back there. Um. Yeah. So um. You know. Sir. Sort of say nose bronze set the meeting up.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And the big reveal that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. I did not believe for a second.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I I read one theory which which is interesting to think about, but I don't really buy it. Which was that what if um, what if it was actually not Jamie's?
3: Okay. So this is one of those issues where book and TV show, yeah. it's it's hard to say. So there's there's a lot of book theories about Cersei being mm-hmm. pregnant. So this is one of those, it's going to the book theorist. Hey, hey, remember that theory you guys all had about her clothes not fitting? Yeah. But in the show, it's it's a different timeline. Jamie's come back sooner. Uh, when would it have happened? Well, you know, it's a little more fudgy. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it gives us um, the ability to know, well, maybe she is, maybe she isn't. Um,
1: Well, because the prophecy said that she would have three children and she's had three children and she buried them all, which the prophecy foretold. Um, so I think we're – I mean, if the prophecy is going to be true, then she's going to have a, a miscarriage, obviously. I mean, or just because she's pregnant doesn't well, mean she'll deliver.
2: He did have three kids, and they did die. But here, here's a, a fun, awful little thing. What if it's twins, and she dies giving birth to the younger <laughs> brother?
0: Who's a dwarf?
2: Oh. Who's what? what? Who's a, a dwarf. dwarf? <laughs> a dwarf. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's what will happen. But, um, I, well, I think – Yeah. What's more? I, I don't know. Honestly, my guess at this point is that it's just straightforward. She is yeah. pregnant and it is Jamie's and that's that's it.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: second most likely in my guess is that she's just telling that because she is sensing that Jamie is slipping away from her a little yeah. bit and so she needs something to bring him back in.
3: Yeah, yeah. she's giving Jamie everything he's ever wanted because if we yeah. remember in season one, the very first episode, he doesn't care who finds yeah. out he wants to scream about them from the top of the rooftops and yep. he has everything to lose and she's the one who's all about keeping it secret well uh-huh. she's gone through everything she's lost everything she possibly could and she's still on top so she's at the point where she says i had nothing left to lose i don't care who knows and jamie actually has like responsibility and serious thought now yeah And so he's the one that actually cares about, can we do this kind of a thing, but she's giving him everything he ever wanted because the only threat, and these are all my opinions, by the way, Um, this is not me (laughs) stating fact. Uh, The only threat to uh, Cersei when it comes to Jamie is Tyrion because Tyrion and Jamie have this really strong bond. I think she mentions it something about them going out and hunting and, And 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 doing all of these activities together that she couldn't do because she was a woman. And so the one person she actually could lose Jamie to in her mind is Tyrion. So how does she keep him? We're having another child, and you get to be the dad. Yep. Mm -hmm. And and it's flawless. And and on top, sorry, I'm really excited. <laughs> On top of the fact that she's saying exactly what I've been saying, who the frick cares about who's king or queen at this moment, you know, make your deals and then change later. Well, she just follows her path, her father's path and says, yeah, yeah, we'll agree to her terms and that'll give us a chance to regroup and give us a chance to plot a strategy and then we'll be in a better position to take her down. I love yeah. it all. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's it's writing good set pieces again, but it's it's setting up a set piece where Danny gets to meet Cersei when Cersei has some underhanded scheme in play. So that's a set piece I want to see.
0: Right. <laughs>
2: yep. I mean, I and think. So, uh, I don't
0: know. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just to say whether she really is pregnant or not is wholly irrelevant because yeah. there's not enough time in the show to know for sure. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean there's
2: well you know episodes.
0: but
2: <laughs> at the same time the timeline is ridiculously distorted at this point. I noticed it earlier when Sam was talking about how he knew Bran and I'm and he suddenly says he survived north of the wall for years and yeah. I'm like wait what years? <laughs> uh Has it season been years? season
1: 4 se- no wait season Well it's been
2: years for us watching the show. <laughs> Well, what else? What
1: else are we going to use for time span? His crazy birthday map. <laughs> Come well, on, it's, there's only think... the show timeline.
3: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the show but doesn't have a timeline. That's it's the so whole elastic. thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's flawless,
2: except uh, when they try to make it a timeline by saying he has survived north of the wall for years. Yeah, because if we just think about the stuff that we've seen, uh, you know, it's like it's only been years because it happened to span. you know. TV show seasons, not because of the actual things that happened in that plot line.
1: But he's grown so much; he's physically grown. <laughs> so obviously, it's been years. you grew a third eye.
2: Yes. <laughs> you know what? We and are all running long, and we have more of the show to talk yeah. about. I, yeah, I don't know going really to cut us off. I'm just—I know I brought up that topic. I'm just I'm tired. Yeah. And it's, I'm just <laughs> it's making
0: me cranky. to happen when you bring up another topic. And yeah, it
2: does. I do yeah. that. On, I, I, so I do apologize <laughs> for that because that is. As much me talking
0: to myself as anything. <laughs> right. So, Let's jump back to uh, the beach. All uh, uh, right, sorry,
3: sorry, sorry. The last thing on that last scene, yeah. uh, Mike Macaulay says, uh, he quotes, Jamie, the things I do for love. Yeah, <laughs>
2: right.
0: Never betray me.
3: And yet,
2: uh, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I, I just, but just the, but the closing beat in that scene though is not, him hugging her and saying oh boy a new baby it is her saying and never betray me again and him kind of getting out like what Uh yeah yeah yeah
4: Yeah.
0: um so uh davos had told jenry the first time keep your father hush hush you know we're gonna keep this on the down low and a great scene silent you know showing how good of a smuggler he is Mm mm-hmm paying off the gold cloaks and joking with them and actually having something in the boat for them to inspect. (laughs) And that that
2: nifty little trick where he's like, realizes he has to cover the hammer, but he's got the move where he's (laughs) showing them what's in the boat by flipping open the sheet, which happens to (laughs) cover the hammer. And yeah, I don't have a lot to say necessarily about the scene except that I loved it. It's great
3: i i loved everything about it i thought it was great and and there was definitely that tension um i'm sorry fermented crab meat is supposed to be an aphrodisiac or uh, uh, uh what viagra i i don't yeah, know I viagra. um i like crab meat but no i'm not eating fermented crab meat uh and it just is, anyway uh so Tyrion comes down and um they're trying out they're like all right you you're, you're a dwarf you got a scar come on like we, we've we killed dwarves without scars for less and That's, uh, yeah. and then and then uh gendry does his whole thing and knocks him out and saves the day and this is gendry Tyrion. he'll do <laughs> 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 priceless. priceless priceless i had to mention that line mm-hmm.
2: The Which only thing I guns. they could have uh, tossed in there is uh, Genry coming down to the beach and looking at the rowboat and just kind of grimacing.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, not again. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great image. Um, boom. Davos fermented crab meat. <laughs> <It'll> <laughs> a hole in your plate mail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paulette had
3: a similar thing and said, uh, Sir Davos is fermented crab meat. Try it. You'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Davos makes thing.
2: everything great.
3: Yeah. I don't know if they uh, took the money back from the guards before they left, Uh one would hope. I don't know. <laughs> uh, 15, sure. 15 a piece. in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, you kill some guards.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Honestly, what they ought to do is take the bodies in the boat with them and dump them overboard once they get out to water. Agreed.
3: Because <laughs> then you have no record of it happening. Yeah.
2: yeah, if someone happens to stroll by, they don't say, hey, does that look like two dead gold cloaks on the beach down there?
1: Mm-hmm. We should start patrolling here more often. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Although, I mean, if they just disappeared. Well, they won't know so where they disappeared where. from. Patrol. Especially
2: since that whole but, the whole reason they went to that beach was that they don't patrol there often, so it's yeah. not necessarily like a likely place to look.
0: True.
3: That probably so will we, come back.
0: Shall we swift travel back to Dragonstone? Sure. Yeah. So they just, they
3: just took the subway, right?
0: Yeah. Heading into the into the cavern and Davos again. Okay, uh, Clyde, or whatever he said his name was. Clovis. (laughs) Clovis. Clovis. (laughs) But Gendry jumps right in. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I I, I loved all of this stuff, too. Basically, I love... So, with the single exception of the weird, cringy stuff about uh, with Missandei, um, was that last week or two weeks ago? But uh, uh, generally speaking, Davos is great in every scene, and he makes every scene that he's in better. And I love just the idea of Kendry going, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, 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 yeah, yeah, and then just totally not going with that plan. Right. Um, and I, I really kind of liked it that he's just kind of on board with saying, our dads were friends. Let's be friends, yeah. too. That sounds great yep. to me.
0: I, <laughs> um, I It was really – they had true chemistry. You know? They both kind of really
4: mm-hmm.
0: dove in and, yeah. and kind of, yeah, I guess saw kind of a kindred spirit right away.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I love the two together. I think that they actually have really good chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. I love the talking about the dads. Um, John has a sword like his father. Gendry has a hammer like his father. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I think that um, the fact that Gendry's like yeah whatever uh, is pretty great. And but when we're walking up to that to meeting with John, it's yeah you're gonna go to Winterfell, and in your head you're thinking he's gonna see Arya again. And mm. then, no, no, he's gonna hook up with Jon. Yeah, but, but Arya, Arya. Yeah. <laughs> <Brave. laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Paulette, I love that line. I met your dad too. You're shorter, <laughs> that just like, look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you're not as fat. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And Did David uh, and Davos trying to talk them out, you know, one last yep. time out a going. <laughs> Nobody mind me, all I've ever done is live to a ripe old age.
3: (laughs) And it was at that point that I wrote in my notes, is Davos becoming the new Dolores Ed? uh, (laughs) I'm starting to think
0: yes. (laughs) Anything else on them? Mm -mm. uh, Tyrion and Jorah. I no, was uh, quite like you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Such <gray> honestly, <laughs> it was weird that they mentioned that whole coin thing because honestly, I did not remember that at all. Like, I take for their word for it that's like, yeah, I, I bet there was a scene of, of that in the show at oh, some yeah. point. But I, 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 I didn't remember it. So it's like it didn't strike me as a particularly memorable moment that they would bond over, but sure, I guess.
0: I'm surprised I think it was didn't show it on the previously on when he, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I think it was just
1: a nice way to remind viewers of the, their previous history since it was a minute yeah. ago. Yeah. And it was nice. It was, mm-hmm. Tyrion always has his manners and keeps his graces even when, you know, he doesn't, I don't think care particularly much for Jorah other than he's impressed as fuck that he's back mm-hmm. and survived. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was just a really nice moment for Tyrion to show that, you know, he's a cool guy. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Agreed.
0: Yep. Um, the goodbyes with Danny. She has grown used to the king in the north. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
3: I've,
0: I've grown, grown accustomed, accustomed to your
4: things. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes.
3: TD. laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's when I made that observation that, you know, he's not trying to take her power. He's not trying to take anything from her except for help for his cause. And, yeah. uh mm-hmm. He's not trying to use her, which yeah. is nice.
1: And he's not blowing um, smoke up her ass either about, yeah. oh, I'm going to swear this to you and that to you just to get what he wants and then yep. nothing. Uh-huh. So there's there's a lot of Eddard Stark in him for sure, which is adorable.
2: Although, I, I and I, I liked all of that, but but i was taken out of the scene just a little bit what you know the 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 bit of like i don't need your permission i am a king mm-hmm. the dramatic weight of that is sapped by a little bit it was like but she took your boat i know so, yeah. <laughs> what,
3: what's your plan here okay
0: <laughs> she'll give me a ride so uh <laughs> i'll just hop on a dragon and
3: yes there's there's one of these out there fan theories about merfolk and every now and then throughout the episode, <laughs> Christiana's <laughs> face. Tibby's been making mentions of the merfolk and how they're all going to work and just really funny jokes. Oh my gosh. Uh, but I wasn't bringing them in because it would just yeah. derail. Yeah. But, uh, I have to, Tibby has left, uh, and, and I have to add one for her. Uh, it's fine because the Merfolk would help John escape. Right.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need water elementals now or whatever.
0: <laughs>
4: oh so, yeah.
0: Moving on.
4: Mm.
0: Oh, so um I actually have an audio drop of this uh old town scene when they're uh studying mm. their books. What are you
4: looking at? Look, how you what does that look supposed to mean? I'm a piece of shit. Because I can't figure out a way for you, to help. Ah, these are gonna be. I'm sorry, these are gonna be home. Oh, I should have looked at these pictures before. Ah, here's a good one of the tire marks. Before we get any farther away, we we'll just shoot this from up in a tree. It's bullshit. Bullshit. That's great. Oh shit! What a clue! Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Thank you, Chooch.
1: <laughs> I have been like cousin Vinny. They did my cousin Vinny scene. They finally did the my cousin Vinny scene. <laughs> and Sam. I've been waiting for this. You should get an audio drone.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Chooch. Prince
0: Raggar had his marriage annulled and married somebody else in secret.
2: <laughs> Raggar. Yeah. And, oh and, gosh. and there's, there's 15,000 some steps in this. In it <laughs> and this, many no,
1: yeah. that was, that was the scene I honestly have been hoping for since they got to old town and she's been reading the books, praying
2: for it. So uh, here's, what's fun is that during the original viewing um, this is the scene where I got up to use the bathroom and I missed the whole exchange. No, I no. So basically, no. I started uh, like what? so. I, I figured like, okay, well, I'm I'm kind of listening, but I can't hear everything they're saying. And and I I I honestly heard when he interrupted her, mm-hmm. but I hadn't really oh. picked up on what she was saying until all of a sudden I'm looking on Twitter and people are saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe uh, he interrupted her when he she was saying blah blah. And I'm like, wait, what?
4: I don't <laughs> know. I, I
1: oh man that's almost as bad as reading it as an episode spoiler <laughs> yeah. oh, god that's i i like screamed i yelled my cousin vinny and i said back that shit up i need to hear it again it was amazing oh nutty you had to lose it too right
3: oh yeah i was i was absolutely loving it and then oh. here, sam play with this ancient tome. <laughs> right yeah. chew on this Well,
4: see
2: yeah and i mean obviously what's such a big deal about this one as it ties into that whole theory is that it is not merely that John's parents aren't who we thought, but also that he's not even a bastard. And he we remember bastard. the scene earlier in this season where they made such a big oh. deal about, Oh, I'm a bastard. And Missandei is like, Bastard? What's a bastard? Yeah. Oh my God. This
1: just, my jaw hit the ground. And this is where it's like, We were saying that there's not really any catch-a-breath scenes this season. Mm. And it's just like one thing leads to another. And that was just like... And then they just kind of blew past it. And Sam did his usual mansplaining bullshit. And it was just awesome. It was beautiful.
2: See, this is why I almost hope at this point that like the suggestion I made earlier, which is that it's just not... They're never going to get to it because there's too much else going on. And then it'll eventually just be like... Bran is the last person alive with just some, uh, you know, a torment or something like that. And he's going to say, by the way, did you know Thomas actually a vegetarian? And torment's like, what does that
0: mean?
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh now, I guess. Yeah. And Sam will
0: be there to say, uh, Rhaegar?
3: Yeah, he got married. In Secret. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, um uh the only other thing that i want to say about this scene is little sam is huge and he grew really fast so game Uh, of Thrones, yeah (laughs) been there a lot longer than we realize
1: Room. I feel like we had a huge montage that covered the number of shits and bowls of food <laughs> that he'd slopped out. So I feel like there was
0: a week. Some
2: time back. <laughs> well, you know, here's something we could also try to connect the dots of is that when did Sam let Bran north of the wall in relation to Gilly giving birth to to young Sam?
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I can't remember uh, she was actually. pregnant when when he let her through,
2: yeah
0: right?
3: yeah, uh,
2: no, I thought she gave she gave birth north of the wall, right?
3: Oh, shoot, I don't know now, I'm not sure
2: now I can't remember either, and i we don't need to relitigate that right yeah. now,
0: probably. Yeah. I don't know. but
2: anyway, I see I keep <laughs> doing that, right? It's like it keeps me bringing up these tangents, but no, okay,
0: I mean, right? that would be an interesting yeah timeline to look at.
2: Yeah. So
3: um <laughs> I'm you know, not Mike's... sure we
2: would be rewarded for that effort, though, because right. it's not going to line up.
3: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Uh, Mike says it's pretty much solidifies John being the rightful heir to the throne. And while that depends, is 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 John more the rightful heir or is Danny? Because Danny was of. The Mad King's uh, children, whereas John would be a grandchild. Rhaegar was supposed to be mm. king, but he was never coronated. Uh, uh, pretty dicey. And honestly, and, and, I think everyone who says that they're a rightful heir, uh, none of that matters anymore.
1: Yeah,
3: that's well, and,
2: yeah.
1: I think they say rightful heir in the articles and things that I've been reading because based on Targaryen history and, and lines of secession, they would have gone to a grandson before a daughter or whatever so it in the historical sense it would make sense for it to go to John in our sense Mm -hmm. we've been watching Danny fight for this shit since season one so we all want to see Danny be the Targaryen heir I guess but yeah yeah, that was the defense I saw for that
3: so Gilly gave birth at Craster's Keep right okay oh that's right yeah Yeah. Yeah, yeah. as soon as I read it I was like oh right of course yeah
4: (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm.
0: So uh, Sam's, there was the last straw reading about all the shits and mm-hmm. <laughs> heads packed yeah. up, they're out of here.
2: Right. I thought the scene actually was, even though obviously it was kind of trolling the fans, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I did think that that played well in the sense that she's finding some of this stuff interesting as she's learning more about those, and I like that. But mm-hmm. also that he really is preoccupied and so that he just kind of, is not really listening to her because yeah. he's so fed up with the maesters. Although yeah. him breaking in and for one, it was a little bit irritating that at least the way they filmed it, it made it look like he was stealing books, like almost at random. Yeah. And just walking <laughs> through the aisle, grand- grabbing <laughs> random books. You know, I mean, I think that we can imagine that he actually knows what books are in there and he's grabbing, he yeah. is being more purposeful and not just grabbing random titles, but, um, but the, the way they shot it didn't look like that. Um, but that as far as we can tell, he's now leaving, still not knowing about his dad and brother. Yeah, yep, yep.
1: thanks, yep. Archmaster. You dick. Mm-hmm. So, did he say where they're headed? Do we know where nope. they're headed?
0: Presume okay. no. Winterfell, but
2: well, and it raises the question though of whether he would think to stop at Hornhill. Would, yeah. he, would he do that not knowing what was going on?
0: I don't think so. Yeah. I, I
2: mean, don't... they stopped uh-huh. there on his way down. But that was yeah. with the idea that Gilly was gonna stay there. So Yeah.
0: yeah. After that reception and stealing the sword. I think
2: yeah, he's yeah. well that's true. After stealing the sword, he would probably <laughs> oh my not God. Go back. <laughs> he's a he's a serial like dessert. He is.
0: He's oh he
4: shows
2: he's up know, at places and takes important things and then leaves tried. Yeah, he, he tried to do it the wall. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's got yeah. his magic sword. Yes. <laughs> he's got the tomes of information. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. yeah. All right. I think he's yeah.
2: he's intending to go north and and try to meet back up with John with the books yeah. that he's coming mm-hmm. out. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So he'll be there next week. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Sounds right. Or <laughs> or next like, season, who knows. I can't believe yeah, he wasn't
1: next, there at the end of the episode.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, like the the next one'll start with uh them walking out into the snowstorm and then he's like, "Wait, John, come, I'm coming too." You're like, <laughs> "Sam, how did you get here so fast?" "Oh, I don't know, you know, walked." <laughs>
0: Three months ago.
2: <laughs> Although technically, um, with all these disconnected scenes, we don't actually know how the timeline lines yeah. up perfectly. Except, of course, I suppose of the Archmaster knowing about mm. his dad's brother. So, yeah.
3: yeah. But he's a good lad, then. says Paulette. Yeah. <laughs> Was
1: anybody else touched in any way at all earlier in the episode? Since we're talking about the Tarlies, when you know, Dickon, you know, you know, screw it, I'll go burn with Daddy. Um, which I think kind of showed that at least what I kind of felt we were led to believe in the books anyways was that um, Dickon was just kind of like this vanilla kind of placeholder kind of puppet kind of thing. Didn't really have his own. He just like everything he did was for his dad was for Randall. And so I thought it was really touching to see that, but also the only like human kind of, not to him being a human in any way, shape, or form was uh, when Randall Charlie reached out to d- touch Dickon's arm right before Drogon toasted him. And so, but like, right. why would Sam go back to the house after that guy who no. literally can't show well. any kind of affection until he's about to die? And then why would he go back to Horn Hill? I think I think mm. he is. He's got to go back to the wall. He's got to tell John what he's discovered.
2: He and did love he his mom alone, though. He and his did a sister too. and, so, and i I'm, um, I'm just I was yeah. just asking the question, not so yeah. much that I expected that he would, as much as how could he find out about what happened? Mm-hmm.
1: If they find yeah. a, a chatty innkeeper, maybe, but I don't even know if that but, room knows. Um, yeah, because, you know,
0: there'd be a lot of rumors about people got roasted, but I don't know they would yeah. say it by name or yeah, people especially.
1: Yeah, if they weren't right near Horn Hill, mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect anybody to know. But I mean, and who would? Would you? What would you even believe with stories of dragons and and zombies <laughs> walking around north of the wall? It's like, what do you expect?
0: Yeah. So we've got our final backdrop set piece: the titular East Watch. Yeah. <laughs> Where we get a bunch more. Uh, Reunited. Yeah. Yeah. Tormund does not like this plan
2: because <laughs> <laughs> it's a dumb plan, and sure, but okay. I did, I did like the whole exchange of like, okay, so wait, you have to convince the the queen with the dragons or the queen who sleeps with her brother. <laughs> like both, okay, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: well, you're in luck. We've got some other people who want to head north, right.
2: and uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think. You know, I've said it a couple of times here, but just the Suicide Squad is just its like, we're assembling this team that, like, they don't seem like, you know, it's like, I don't like the way you operate. You're a loose cannon. <laughs> yeah, well, you have to do everything by the book. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, you wrecked three cars. It's like, yeah, but I get results. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that said, I did, I did like some of those reunions, first of all. uh. The idea that Jorah and Thoros know each other, which is like mm. a—that's—that's that's, that's a deep cut, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the just Gendry obviously pointing out, "Hey, I don't like those guys. Yeah, they sold me." <laughs> yeah, <This laughs> is not the fact, idea. Actually, th- there's there's no particular reason why it would necessarily come up, but um, John would be aware of Melisandre, so if it came up to say, Gendry could say, "Yes." They sold me to Melisandre. Yeah. But at the same time, John is definitely in a very pragmatic, uh, you know, he, he gets the, the, the line, right? Which is we're all on the same side. How could we be set up? Because we're all still breathing.
4: <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know what else he
2: could have said that would
1: have shut them the fuck up any faster to get over their beef you know it's like yeah. that's all well and good guys sorry you don't like each other let's go yeah. fight the dead people now I,
2: yeah <laughs> i actually i really like that because on the one hand it's interesting seeing all of these different characters yeah. connect in ways we wouldn't have predicted yeah but i also just liked john kind of going Guys, come on. We're, we're going to go fight some frozen zombies. Are we doing this now? Focus, focus. Yeah. <laughs> Bicker while we walk. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so seven men enter. How many do we think are going to return? Oh. Somebody's got to die. If somebody doesn't fucking die, at least who don't die, I quit in the podcast. Okay, so <laughs> I
1: watched really close. <laughs> Fuck you, you're not. So after all this, you're not quitting. Um, so I watched closely at the end of the episode, and there were guys walking out behind our little Magnificent Seven, and I couldn't tell if they were closing the gate or if they were following with them, kind of like there's always like the red shirt kind of going onto the planet in Star Trek kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then in, it seemed like in the next episode, it seemed like there were more. I couldn't tell if there was like those extra guys that I thought I saw
2: in the tunnel or I think they were being chased by the, by other no, guys. I, I think they've brought some red shirts with them. Okay. Um, I, and I think it is for the exact same purpose that red shirts are always brought along is yeah. that mm-hmm. so we can have a couple of gruesome deaths before we have any ca- sort of a significant character die. Right. But I'm yeah. with Chooch in the sense that we have already had – a significant pulled punch this season where it seemed really like the dramatic weight was in favor of someone important was going to die. And then nobody did Um, that. I feel like this mission, if someone in this assembly doesn't die, where the hell to have narrative stakes gone? I don't know. know, Somebody's dying. What (laughs) bad?
0: Exactly. Right. Right. They, they've blow blow all the stakes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't count on anything.
2: Well, and so oh, sorry, Nettie, what you were gonna say?
3: Uh, Barak's definitely gonna die, but that doesn't matter. He just comes well, back, uh, right?
0: And I forgot in my in my notes, that's how I had phrased the question: Who's gonna die and stay dead?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the funny thing. Just because of all the characters there, I feel like Barak is the one that we probably actually care the least about whether he dies yeah. or not. Yeah, but he's also the one that, in theory, is just gonna come back again. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um I don't know. I think um like he or Thoros I don't feel like we have any real more narrative yeah wait for them, you know, they like sold, they
1: sold Gendry, that's all I need to know.
2: <laughs> well, I just it's like what where else are their stories going to go? Yeah. Right? I don't mm-hmm. feel like there's anything more for them. Gendry, it would be a real heartbreaker to not have him get to see Arya again. Yeah. Right? The Hound has got all sorts of business to attend to still. Shit. Um Jorah, I think, could be a goner. Yeah. Because um, he got to say his farewells.
1: Mm-hmm. And she really made a fuss over him. And that's yeah. really what he would have needed. That's what you would have hoped for him.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and Tormund, I don't feel like we can kill him without paying off whatever he's got with Brienne.
1: Well, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I
2: yeah,
4: mean, I'm... A- but
0: it would, it would be a really interesting tack because then you could have extra chaos with the... Uh, the free, free people, free folk.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Losing their kind of leader. I mean, they don't have a leader, but you know. Yeah. He's, he's what they. Them. Yeah, because
1: yeah. they were rounded up by one dude, and so they're kind of following one dude now, and it's worked out great so far. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll see next time, I guess. And I feel like next time we might finally get the action sequence that seemed promised by the fact that this episode was called East right? and then had East by the <laughs> Sea in the credits and then what we get from East Watch is a 30 second scene and then they're leaving <laughs> and right. no
4: action there um,
2: which is I mean it's fine I guess a lot of it did focus on the idea that there's a coming threat to East Watch and a lot of, right. of momentum happened yeah, yeah. as a result but uh, at the same time I think it was not an unreasonable prediction that we were going to get another hard home style
4: oh, battle yeah.
2: at Eastwatch, which didn't happen maybe well, still so- to come. But if it is, why would that not happen during the episode? They call Eastwatch. <laughs> they didn't want us all to
1: totally poop our pants. They They're knew we were just pooping a little and, bit with the rest of the episode.
0: But. <laughs> your expectations. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, um, skipping back just a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah i really did love um, how you know tormund's like you're crazy who did you bring with you <laughs> uh, us i was like all right you three and yeah. um you know what who else did you bring the big woman oh uh, my gosh by far my favorite thing That's and uh, when they found them in the cells the hound just cracked me up more than uh dora and Thoris, because she's the hound um, everybody in the chat seems to think that uh, Jorah is a goner, and I guess you guys yeah. do too. Um, I He's feel the like, one i missed the least, I think. I feel like they're um, announcing that a lot, and I think that uh, we might get something subverted. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I, uh-huh. I'm really hoping for something good and interesting. Like I said, I don't think they're coming back with a White Walker oh. in a cage or a bag.
2: What if okay. they do, but it's because oh, it's one of their own.
0: It's one of theirs.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I, I heard oh, on this whole episode without saying that. That's oh, my biggest shit. fear is that it's gonna yeah. be one of them. Jorah comes back as a white walker yeah. or another, whatever they're called in yeah. return, And he
1: flicks Tyrion the coin
3: back. And <laughs> <laughs> then he finds a cure.
2: George <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> should have been a maester all not along. Get a
0: little dragon I, flame. Just from down. a
2: storytelling perspective, <laughs> if any of that party gets killed and we do not see them reanimate, that's a wasted opportunity.
3: Yeah, yeah. I agree. True. Ooh, what if Beric becomes a. <laughs> That would well, be kind you know, of interesting
2: that could tie back into the you know the cold hands theory of like what's mm-hmm. going on there, but uh, anyway, yeah. um yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see mm-hmm. I mean, we're all speculating now, but yeah, uh it's awesome. um I did see a great meme that assigned d and d classes to oh. uh everybody in their little party. It was pretty good, I thought actually, yeah. uh John was a ranger. Uh, Beric was a paladin, Th- Thoros is a cleric. Yeah, huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <sighs> Thoros was a cleric. Um, uh, Torment is a barbarian, obviously. Oh. Genry um, is a yes. fighter. Um, I'm trying to remember what they assigned his hound to. Um, hmm.
3: oh, he's got to be like a rogue, or I mean, because he's a he's got to be a multi class, but he's got to have something where there's a lot of dis like. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. I don't I, don't, I don't I don't remember. It might have been like a like different flavored fighter or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty good. What? I also I'm saw sorry. a good one,
0: which is the the oh what is it? The Western magnificent seven booster uh-huh. with them with their names and it mm. was clever.
4: <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> Shall we and, uh, rate this sucker? Rate it? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Who's got a rating? I have one. Go ahead. Right.
1: I'm going to give it five out of five wheelchairs because Bran has a goddamn wheelchair in Westeros. Woo! <laughs> I love it. It opens up so many cosplay opportunities for people that are in wheelchairs. Uh-huh. I mean, there aren't that there many. Aren't and now we have another one. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it... Uh, um, seven out of 10 things that you wanted to say, but there's no time.
4: <laughs> okay.
2: That's um, yeah.
0: <laughs> I will give it eight enemies of enemies.
3: Hmm.
1: Ah, yes.
3: There was hmm. a lot of those. <laughs> and I am going to give it seven and a half close ups of cuties. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be um, although Sam is also a cutie. But uh, <laughs> us a uh, average of eight point one out of ten. Yeah. Yep. And what is next week's episode titled?
0: You know, after all of our work that we've been <laughs> doing this whole time, HBO decided to honor us. The next episode is titled Beyond the Wall.
2: Oh yeah. oh yeah. So I guess I I wonder if it'll be one where we spend like the whole episode up there. Hmm. Dealing with their well, mission. Five
3: minutes.
0: Five From the minutes. coming so. up. There certainly seems to be a lot of yeah. Northern so just, and down like, the watch. wall battles.
2: We'll we'll jump right back to them walking into the snowstorm, and then John will like trip, and like, "What was that?" And it's like, "Oh look, there's a white right here. That's convenient. <laughs> let's just go." I love it. Come yeah. On, let's go back. Mission that confidence. was easy. Get
3: some yeah.
4: hot
3: cocoa. Yeah. <laughs> so Michael Colley gives it seven out of ten. Very cold bastards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Very cold. Ah, uh,
2: see, I just, uh, I, you know, I wish I had, uh, I had rated it. Um, uh, uh, meticulously recorded shits. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's
3: a good one too. Yeah. That would be good. yeah.
0: Oh. Okay. All right, well, that was a great discussion.
3: Yeah,
2: because there's still a lot to talk about, obviously, and see. Yeah. It, it, and the 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 frustrating thing this season is just that it's 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 uneven because there's stuff yeah. that I really love, and other stuff that I don't love as
3: much. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of highs and a lot of really low lows. So those lows are are really affecting the highs for me. Yeah. But I'm digging this season. I'm having fun, and I'm actually kind of glad it's a shorter season. Yeah.
2: Well, just getting payoff to some of these things, finally. Stuff that's been slow burn for so long, and just some of these really fascinating character combinations that, uh, you know, who would have thought you'd have uh, Gendry meeting up with (laughs) Derek Dondarian again? My God. (laughs)
1: Not
3: happy. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about the brothers until we saw them in that cell.
2: Hmm. <laughs> I, I had remembered mostly because I care about the Hound. I, I don't care about Beric or Thoros very much, but uh, the Hound I wanted it to Because I wanted to know, for first of all, like all of these, this whole group that's going north of the, yeah. you know, the wall here, I wanted to know, are they going to stop back at Winterfell first? I mean, it wouldn't really make logistical sense for them to do that given that they sailed down to Dragonstone, it wouldn't really make sense to go back to Winterfell before Eastwatch, but at the same time, now they're embarking on a suicide mission without telling anybody.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Davos knows. Hopefully they sent That's a raven. True. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I also was really interested because uh, you know, Sandor has always been afraid of fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he's dealing with ice. The first time so that'll be kind of interesting yeah.
1: i think he's more afraid of the dead things he saw him in the fire <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: True. yeah
1: i'm sorry my google foo is totally failing i can't find that thing that tells what the hound would be in D terms
2: oh i don't know i <laughs> i saw it somewhere um I, yeah i don't i don't feel like googling right now it's yeah. too late
0: yes <laughs> Yes. All right. Um, We've drawn to a close here. Yes. Thank you everybody for tuning in and all the, your hey, chats. You. And uh, we will definitely be talking to you next week. Beyond the Wall.
4: Bye. Bye.
1: If you have feedback for the Beyond the Wall podcast, you can email us at BTW at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a comment on the website. Go to specficmedia.com where you'll find a shiny BTW button that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike 3.0 Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it.